absolutely. This is yeah. exactly when we both so stop just, talking and start reading something or yeah. <laughs> fiddling or with some a, other setting. snack or... Yeah, or yeah. start nom, clinking nom, your nom, silverware nom, into stuff. Mm, peanut butter um, M&M's. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Wait, you guys still have those down there? Are they... Do those not exist in Canada? They did, but they, they don't... I don't think you can get them anymore. Really? So. There's so many weird fucking flavors of M&M's in the U.S. I miss... Um, the crispy ones. Those were my fucking favorite, and you can't get them up here anymore. I think I they think. still have those down here, and I just recently they do. saw... Like, they're doing a lot of weird shit right now where they're, like, doing weird flavors of, like, classic candies or cookies and stuff like that. So, there's, like, a, co- a coffee nut flavor of M&M's right now. I think there's also, like, a strawberry chocolate flavor or something. Mm. It's weird. I don't know. I just remember the crispy. They had them up here for a little while. They were, like, my favorite. So, yeah. um the last time I was in the States for a show, I made I made a stop at, like, a Tops and grabbed, like, a big bag or something like that. Yeah. So. So. All right. Uh, welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is our take two of recording this uh, episode. But this time, I actually get the chance to acknowledge that uh, this is our 40th episode, so a bit of a fucking milestone for us. Uh, I think we're firmly headed towards our midlife crisis at this point. I definitely am. Uh, <laughs> and probably in real life, too, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, let's 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 not talk about that. Let's uh, distract ourselves with uh, with nerdy news. But yeah, so we we tried to record an episode last night on uh, obscure music artists, which is one that Mark and I had been looking forward to do for a while. But uh, yeah, the gods of technology just were not in our favor, and so no, we had catastrophic recording failure last night on yep. multiple fronts. So yep. so uh, so we're gonna. Uh, regroup this week and do another topic and then we'll come back to that topic uh, later on um, which is it was a good episode so hopefully uh, it'll be just as good when we come back to it we had some good like you know personal stories and stuff like that in there so yeah um yeah anyways uh we'll look we're going to the news and uh, mark and i are gonna kind of uh blatantly pretend that we have not already talked about these (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, actually, let's start with one that I actually forgot to talk about the first time that we tried to record this, which is that uh, the new season of Doctor Who started just this past week, including the new uh, new companion. Mark, have you seen that yet? No, I haven't had a chance to uh, sit down and watch it. I almost kind of forgot that. I knew it was happening, but then things like life happened, so I kind of forgot that it had aired. So I will download it and take a look at it, I'm sure, this week, probably. Or I'll just wait and binge it. I'm not. I'm still up in the air. Yeah, yeah, I haven't uh, had a chance to watch it either, um, but uh, I haven't really seen a whole lot of chatter about it either. Like, my Facebook friends and stuff like that aren't, like, yeah. going nuts about it, so I don't know. If, it, it wasn't, probably wasn't, like, amazing groundbreaking sort of thing, but nobody was really complaining well, about it either, so. I mean, even, like, I didn't even really see Eric post anything about it, and he's the biggest Whovian that I know. Like, I yeah. didn't see him really write anything about it on his Facebook, and then usually new companion episodes are a little stilted anyway like it's they're trying how to are we gonna, figure out yeah. the new sort of dynamic and that sort of yeah. thing and yeah so but uh yeah i mean I'll, I'll get to it it's just i was traveling last week and uh, a lot for both work and pleasure and so i didn't get a chance to uh to take a look but uh, i will um once i catch up with everything so uh let's see what was the other stuff we talked about oh yeah um the x-files sort of revival is getting another uh 10 episode season yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited to see that the X-Files is coming back. I wasn't, like, the biggest fan of the last season. There are a couple of strong episodes in there that were good X-Files episodes, but I think 
the way they handled um I feel just feel like I'm repeating myself now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I think the way they handled the the Mulder and Scully Jr. characters kind of irked to me a little bit mm-hmm. more than it probably should have, but because I love Lauren Ambrose and stuff, but yeah, that was a little I, I, I like, annoying. I like Lauren Ambrose too. So I mean I'm always happy for a chance to look at her on screen, even if yes. it is a little bit sort of stilted and forced. Yeah. But uh yeah, I, I agree that wasn't the best part of the new season. No, I don't like and I think well that I'm just gonna again repeat what I said last night. Like <laughs> they always they they've done this multiple times with that franchise. Like they try to turn it into a franchise that can just be like the X Files on its own without the Mulder and Scully character attached, and mm-hmm. that's all anybody gives a fuck about is David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. No man, the Lone Gunman series was amazing. It was not amazing. You're a lie. It shit. is not. It was not amazing. <laughs> I've only it, ever sat it, it through did that have, once. It did have one or two good episodes, but it the majority did, yeah. of it was shit. Yeah, uh, I always thought the best X Files. Like I don't even know if it was you could call it a spinoff, but I like Millennium a lot. Like that mm-hmm. was the show that I enjoyed a lot, and that got canceled way ahead of time too. But yeah. And then unceremoniously kind of like concluded in an X-Files episode in like yeah. season eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird, but it was, but yeah, I mean, I'll take new X-Files however I can get it. Even if I'll take uh, any opportunity to look at Jillian Anderson. I don't think I said that <laughs> yesterday. So there is yeah. that. Well, American gods now too, right? Yes. She so, will be media in American very, gods, which airs next, soon. next weekend, I think on April 30th yep. is next week sometime. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I finished that book, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> nice. Um, there was a little bit more news that came out of uh, Star Wars uh, Celebration, more than what you guys covered, which was just the trailer last week, which is for Last Jedi, which was obviously amazing, and I'm sad that I didn't get to talk about it with you. But You can talk about it now, buddy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was basically, I don't have anything bad to say about it, really. I'm pretty fucking hyped for it. Uh, it looks looks awesome. Um, I like the sort of idea of this generational story that now Luke is training Ray, and uh, obviously we're going to get more backstory on like what happened with Luke trying to train new, you know, start sort of a new uh, breed of Jedi and that sort of yeah. thing. So uh, yeah, I think it looks fucking great. I love that they're not giving too much away in those. Uh, like in all the all the recent Star Wars movies, um, they've you know. The trailers have been just, you know, basically teases kind of thing. They're not really giving away too much, too many story points and that kind of thing. So, I that's the kind of trailer that I prefer. I hate that's one of the reasons I don't watch trailers a lot anymore is because a lot of the time they just give away like there's huge reveals in the trailer that would have been so much more impactful in in the theater. Yeah. Oh, I agreed. Uh, I still end up watching all the trailers because uh, I don't find that the spoiler kind of bothers me as much as it should probably, but. <laughs> Fair enough. I like knowing what's going on at all times. So yeah, I like that element of surprise. But um, but anyways, the, the other Star Wars news is that there's going to be a, a series of animated shorts going up on YouTube and probably also like the Disney XD or whatever uh, or, uh, channels that are. It's going to be Star Wars Forces of Destiny. So these are animated shorts that are going to feature some of the major characters, both old and new, um, from multiple of the sort of in canon properties. Uh, that so it'll there will be ones featuring like Ray and Jin Erso and they're actually uh, and like Ahsoka Tano from Clone Wars and a bunch of other characters as well and they um in most cases it sounds like they're actually getting the voice actors that play them on screen for it so that's pretty cool sounds interesting I like I'm not I don't delve into the expanded Star Wars stuff too much I'm very much like I watch the movies. I listen to you guys talk about it. I'm like, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and then I just kind of move along kind yeah. of thing. So, 
Um, but also also related to that, they also announced that uh, Star Wars Rebels, which is sort of the uh, original trilogy prequel series, is uh, ending after season four. Um, so I'm a little... I mean, it's been a really good series, I think, and done a lot of good sort of world building kind of stuff. I, I think it's probably good that they're canceling it before it sort of gets stale, which kind of did kind of happen with uh, Clone Wars for a couple of the seasons towards the end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, hopefully they, uh, you know, keep going with these sort of series. I like these sort of ones that fill in the gaps between some of the other stuff or tell other stories that are happening kind of parallel to the stuff that we're all really familiar with. Yeah. So... Um. Yeah. What else do we have? Oh yeah, there was a trailer for a new Marvel series that Mark had not heard before last night, but now you cannot get his nice, fresh uh, excitement on it. So it's a uh, Cloak and Dagger, which is going to go up on Freeform, which I guess is ABC's like streaming service or something like that. Everybody's got to have a streaming service, and I guess like if ABC's got Marvel properties, that works out. I didn't even think about it that way. Like if you're looking at the way all of these guys have decided that they want you to subscribe to them for ten bucks a month. Mm-hmm. which is just like a giant pain in the fucking ass. Um, like, why not just have cable at that point kind of thing? Well, they're trying to grab the people that have dropped cable, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, which, like, do I really need another subscription service at this point? Anyway, um, I thought that it looks good. It looks a little teeny boppery. Like, it kind of reminded me of, um, I didn't even think about it this way. My sister's been watching Riverdale, mm-hmm. that Archie series. It kind of reminded me of that. Like, it looked a little melodramatic compared to... Yeah, a little small villi. Yeah, a little small villi. Um, which is good. I mean, they they need to have series to sort of target oh, that audience as well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I have we have the Netflix shows like like yeah. people in our kind of strata of fandom, I guess, have the Netflix shows that it's like. I mean, we have the movies, but those are a little bit more mass market. But the Netflix shows, I think, really kind of speak at least to me. Like those are the ones that I enjoy the most. Maybe not yeah. Iron Fist as much as some of the other <laughs> ones, but like I fucking love Daredevil. So like that kind of really dark crime drama stuff that's for me this gets marvel some teenage fans i guess like some younger fans yeah good on them yeah i'll watch it anyway it's not like i'm not gonna watch it i'll figure out a way to watch it even if it's i just subscribe to that for like a month after it's done and binge it in a weekend yeah just to grab it all um yeah well, you dropped the shit yeah my mic my mic stand there? my mic stands not oh yeah we didn't even acknowledge that christy's not here but you dropping your mic uh reminds <laughs> me <laughs> So, yeah, we it's uh, fucking shoddy hosting again. Uh, with obviously just me and Mark. This night week, two, folks. night two of shoddy night hosting. Two of by shoddy the way. hosting. Uh, yeah, Christy's obviously not with us this week. Um, she is uh, was not feeling well. She was having some lady pains, which we referenced at great length on our previous attempt at this recording. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how much that comes up tonight, but I feel like it's okay for us to talk about it that she mentioned it on Facebook. So. And when yeah, I was gonna say when Christy, when you listen to this and realize that we're talking about this, you should it should be pointed out that you posted it on Facebook, which means it is as public as it can get, and it's not like any of your fucking friends listen to this show anyway because you don't tell them about it except for she one. She shared time. it one time, yeah. One time. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Christy's not here. I think she's at a show today too. Like she had some plans. Yeah, I think she said she was supposed to go to a show. Like if she was feeling better or whatever. But mm-hmm. Christy, we hope you feel better. We hope you're back next week. Yeah, we hope you feel better, Christy. Um, and now you can turn off the fucking podcast and yeah, <laughs> start yelling at us in Facebook chat about. I don't know. Maybe she'll actually listen because like she she's into our topic of the week. She's just been emotionally unable to yeah, submit emotionally. herself to it. Um, that sounded dirtier than you intended it. I think. 
It's like some Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, I'm unable to emotionally submit myself to a comic you... book movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, there was another trailer that went up uh, really briefly this week for a comic book series, which uh, and then got taken down quite promptly, which was uh, for Krypton, sci-fi's like, long-in-development prequel Superman story set on Krypton, of all places. Um, um, yeah, we, we talked about th- this one. I didn't have as much nice things to say about it. Cause it just, I remember this has been in development for years. Yeah. Um, as we acknowledged yesterday too, um, that has been, you have, they've been talking about it for ages. There has never been any positive. What am, what am I trying to say? Buzz like any positive it. buzz about yeah. this show? It has always sounded stupid and horrible. Yeah. And it doesn't even like tie into the. It's it's supposed to be on sci. If it's on sci-fi, that means it's not going to tie into like. I mean, it's on Krypton, so it, there's no possibility. But you could ostensibly tie it into Supergirl's backstory too, mm-hmm. and that means they're not going to do that. Which means it is another floating continuity. Yeah, which is just insane to me. Yeah. And it sounds. It's not even like you're dealing with Jor-El. Like it's supposed to be like a couple generations previous. Yeah, to I think it's supposed to be like. Jorel's father, basically. So Jorel might be in it like as a child, but uh, yeah. So I mean, who's a fuck about that? (laughs) Yeah, there, uh, there, there are have been some good uh, stories told of Krypton's history over the years in the comics. There's also been some bad ones, so they do have some interesting stuff to draw from. But I think you're right. I think the mass appeal of this is not really going to be there. Um, I am the audience for this, but like. Superman is my guy. Like that was my gateway in the comics kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely watch this, but uh, you know, they're not going to be able to sustain a series just on Superman fans. No. And like the, the audience that they would want, even the broader fanboy audience, which would be like me kind of thing for this mm-hmm. particular series. I have no interest in this. Like I don't watch Gotham and I am as big a Batman fan as exists on the planet at this point. And I don't have any particular interest in watching a goth a story about Batman that does not include Batman. And yeah. again, have no particular interest in a Superman story that doesn't actually contain Superman. I did that for ten years. <laughs> Smallville was a long haul. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's get into a, a DC series that you might care about because it's supposed to be Batman centric and uh, focusing on uh, or uh, written by some of your. Uh, favorite creators so that's the dc dark matter and uh event which is kicked off by a uh, uh, dark days which is uh capullo and snyder yeah um so dc made some new announcements about that uh it's th- after that dark days sort of special it's gonna kick off a few like sort of limited series including new versions of older characters and stuff like that and uh, so let's see. There was the one that I was most interested in was uh, fuck. Where's oh here it is. Uh, was the new new challengers? It's called, which is a uh, revival of the challengers of the unknown, and it's uh, written by Scott Snyder and art by Andy Kubert, which is a fucking powerhouse team right there for sure. Yeah, it's a big name team. So yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm just excited to have Scott Snyder working with Greg Cap- uh, Greg Cap- Capullo Capullo again. <laughs> Um, so he, that's that, I think they're kind of like, they're kind of the definitive Batman team for the past probably 10 years. Like there are people who look back on that run eventually the way they look back on like Miller's run and that kind of stuff back yeah. in the day. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, 
And uh, and those characters, like the Challengers and the Unknown, are characters that I've had some interest in for a while, and it's they're they're sort of legacy characters. So yeah. um, I think it'll what be interesting. The, who was the? Um, you'll know right off the top of your head. Who, there was a kind of a classic series. Who wrote that? Wrote and drew that? The Challengers. Like, yeah. Uh, good. Question. Marv Wolfman or something like that. Well, there was. I think it's originally a uh, a Kirby creation. Yes, but um, there was like a there was like a really definitive run of, on it. Let's see. There have been a lot of different iterations of it over the years. Um, let's see. Yeah, Jack Kirby, created by Jack Kirby in like the fifties. Um, revivals. There was there was a Jeff, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Did that's one. not the one I'm thinking about. There was one like way before. Yeah, that that, that was a, a limited series. Um, let's see. Uh, that looks like the, that was early 90s. No, this is like before that. It was very like 70s, 80s. I remember the style. There was one, uh, I guess in, uh, adventure comics in the early 80s, but it doesn't really have much information about that on the Wikipedia page here. Hmm. Yeah. So. I don't know. I just remember that there was one I read and I, I, I did read the Lobe Sale miniseries, um, because I, I, that's a creative team that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. But there was another like kind of run that was like a big deal at one point. So yeah. I don't know. It, they're an interesting group of characters. For they're, sure. Yeah, they're kind of a uh, sort of. Um, uh, they were kind of a DC um, version of the Fantastic Four to some extent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even to the uh, point that their original costumes looked very much like purple versions of the Fantastic Four's costumes. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Oh, here. Uh. Yeah. I'm not seeing much in terms of series from them between like the '60s and like that '91 series. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Or they might have shown up in like a, a anthology book or something like that. It's entirely possible. I remember reading like one story that I liked that was like kind of yeah pre Tim like pre Salem Lobe. So. Yeah. Um. That that would have been really early. Like some of the first stuff that uh Salem Lobe had done for. DC as well, like ninety one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that laid the groundwork for a lot of really great later stuff too. Batman and Superman uh stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was probably the thing they worked on before they did the uh the Halloween specials that led to Long Halloween yeah. and stuff like that. And so. then uh, Superman for all seasons and Yeah, and then Dark Victory and then yeah. and then and then they flipped the jump ship because Loeb has been at Marvel for Yeah. A long time. They did a number of series for Marvel too, like the colored, like Superman or Spider-Man Blue, and like Hulk Gray and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Daredevil, Daredevil, yellow, they yeah. did too. Yeah. And uh, there was another. Yeah, I met I met Tim Sale. Was it two years ago at DragonCon? He was there signing stuff, and he actually designed the or um, did the drawings for the badges that year. So I got him to sign yeah. my badge. He's critiqued my piece, my work before. I had him. He was at Fan Expo. He seemed like a pretty nice guy. A number of years but yeah he was actually he was very um complimentary yeah considering like how shitty i was at the time <laughs> um let's see uh, what else did i have um this isn't really news because we knew it was going to happen eventually but the original wolverine is going to be returning in a bunch of like marvel one shots called generations uh, which looks like pretty interesting it's basically marvel trying to finally cash in on sort of their legacy characters that they've started to develop like x-23 mm-hmm. and uh the different versions of thor and miles morales and all those so yeah the only one that like i mean x-23 and uh, um they've done a really good job and i probably didn't actually say that. i didn't say this is something i did not say yesterday 
Um, some of those characters, I'm not a huge fan of like the the new the worthy and unworthy Thor thing that they're going with, and then like the um, the Sam Wilson Captain America kind of irks me mm-hmm. a little bit. But like, I don't mind Riri, and I really like as Iron Man's kind of counterpart. But I love Miles Morales and um, X23 are both characters that I think are awesome characters on in their own right. Yeah, and then attaching them to the bigger legacy of Spider Man and wolverine is pretty cool especially the miles morales one because it's not even like he's not related or in some way like created in the same way he happens into his powers in a different way and that kind of stuff so yeah. um he's a much interest it's it, it's an interesting take on the character to have like a new spider-man who's not peter parker and like being able to actually work with peter parker now that he's been rolled into the the mainline 616 marvel universe from the ultimate universe so Fair I'm enough. just coming up on that. I'm rereading Ultimate Spider-Man right now from issue one, nice. and I'm just getting to the point where, because I, I kind of know where the, like there's there's there was only four major artists on that book, and it's uh, Mark Bagley did like 110 issues, mm-hmm. and then Stuart Immonen did a good like 30 or 40 issue run, and then this they they ostensibly canceled Ultimate Spider-Man and relaunched it as Ultimate Comics Spider-Man which was ridiculous because it lasted eight issues and then they relabeled it to get the 150 issue. Marvel never does that. No, Marvel, no, no, no. Marvel never renumbers books every other week. But that's also the, the, when they did that, they also switched the art team and Stuart like left, like Eminem left and they added David LaFuentes, who I do not like, but I'm now getting to the point where Sarah Pacelli's taking over. Who's kind of become like the Miles Morales artist, like across the board all mm-hmm. the time. And she's fucking spectacular. So, yeah, I, I follow her like social media and stuff like that. She's pretty cool. So. Yeah. That's one thing I think that uh, DC has over Marvel is that they don't do these fucking like renumberings as often and shit no. like that. Uh, like shit the, drives me crazy. Yeah, the new 52 one was big, but and then they did Rebirth, but those were sort of flash in the pans. And that was the first time they'd really done that in like 20 something years. Yeah. And they didn't uh, like when they did that Ultimate Comics relaunch it was like there was no reason for it and then like all it was was just to like oh we're like losing Stuart imminent you know what i mean <laughs> and then we're getting this kind of mediocre anime inspired guy to do the book for a little while that was not i don't know i didn't think his art had the same like gravity to it that like bagley or um he's the odd man out in that book in that series like run of artists where it's like bagley was very definitive and did a huge run and then imminent is I mean, I talked about him at length on a couple episodes where, like, he's clearly my favorite ongoing, like, comic book artist. Yeah. And then Pacelli is somebody that I, like, admire greatly, too. And so, like, in the middle of it, there's, like, this 30-issue kind of lull where David LaFuentes is doing it. And I'm just like, well, this kind of blows. So there's there's a lot of that right now I've been finding is a lot of that sort of anime style um, making its way into Western comics. And I'm okay yeah. with it in certain situations, but it has to be the right character for it to really work. Yeah, I don't. And I don't think Spider Man's necessarily a character that doesn't work for because yeah. he's especially the ultimate character at the time was younger. He was a teenager and stuff like that. So like they always played him as like he's always fifteen, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. Um, I just thought it's. I find it jarring when you go from. And I don't necessarily have a problem with like switching art styles for something, but if you have a consistent run of like Mark Bagley doing a hundred issues and then being transitioned into the awesomeness that is Stuart Eminem, I mm-hmm. feel like transitioning from Stuart Eminem to somebody who does something that much more cartoony is kind of yeah. like that. That's a bummer to me. Yeah. Especially because his storytelling is not as good as Eminem's, but to be fair, Eminem, there's not many people who do 
page layout as well as he does. Yeah. So there's whatever. And then, like, and then especially because, like, 20 issues later, they get Sarah Pacelli, who, while young, is a spectacularly good penciler. So, yeah. But I mean, it's a little weird. Like, those sorts of. I've I've seen some runs on like Batman books and stuff like that on like with like some of those sort of anime styled artists and it just yeah. doesn't work. They don't no. they don't mesh at all. That character and that world doesn't really fit very well. Not that I have any problem with sort of anime styled art in general. It's just no, me it either. has to be suited to the to the yeah. character. Like for someone like Flash or something like that, it might work a little better where the character is yeah. a little brighter and um, very dynamic that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Batman's not a character. Whenever I see anime inspired Batman art, I'm always like, this looks odd like it never looks right to me so yeah um let's see well while we're in the uh, sort of marvel comics universe um secret empire the new marvel event started i have not read it but i have read a lot about it because apparently it has now sort of solidified the fact that steve rogers has always been a hydra agent that it wasn't just sort of a temporary thing or something like that i just downloaded it on comiXology this morning so i will probably take a look at it today yeah. to see what's going on <laughs> but i I we, we like well no and again like we talked about it yesterday but like it's deja it's, vu yeah it is um <laughs> it's it's just gonna get retconned like I yeah. know there's a lot of people who are upset about it on the internet and people are gonna like freaking out and just like whatever like yeah it's a story let them tell their story and as I've said a million times not just last night but like a million times if you don't like this run wait till the next creative team shows yeah. up wait wait three months or something yeah especially with Marvel these days yeah. it's gonna just be shuffling motherfuckers around like crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and then they wonder why their readership's going down. Like I can't, I can't even keep track of what the fuck's no, going on. No, it's because people don't like div- diverse characters. Oh, that's we didn't, we didn't even talk about that horse shit. But that's no, something. that was well, we you weren't on the episode where we talked about the X Men Gold thing either. So like that was yeah. I mean, I, I've oh god, and with that too, like I'm. Uh, are you part of the comic book collecting Facebook group? No, it's like a huge group. It's got like a hundred thousand members or something like that. No. And uh, well, I don't collect anymore, right? So yeah. I don't I don't feel like I belong to that group anymore. I just read. Yeah, a lot of it is people just posting like, "Hey, look at this slabbed book that I picked up that I'm never ever going to be able to read and I just want to put it up on my shelf kind of thing." Sorry, visual gag, but like I'm I'm flipping the bird to that <laughs> shit, so. Um, but I mean, I can understand that for like really old comics where, you know, you don't want them to degrade kind of thing, but there are people that yeah. do this for like comics from the 90s and shit like that where there's hundreds thousands of copies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, cuz you have your spawn number 1 slabbed like or your you- New Mutants 94 or whatever. Yeah, like, eat my ass. Like, I got better things to do than look at that shit. Yeah. But, um, but if, you have action, if you have Action 1, like, yeah. slap, then, okay, like... Or, like, Amazing Fantasy two, yeah. 1 or something like that. or 15, I think. Uh, 15, right. Yeah. Or, yeah, or Amazing Spider-Man number 1 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man number 1. Yeah. Yeah, if you have something like that slapped, awesome. Yeah. But if you have, like, yeah, like I said, like, you have Spawn number 1. If it's like, anything that came out after 1980, it doesn't really need to yeah. be slapped. Yeah, like Wildcats number one. Like I don't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the the most like popular modern book or uh, valuable modern book um, right now is uh, was it uh, Batman Adventures number twelve? Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn, the first yeah. appearance of Harley Quinn. Um, because that was a super low print run as well, because it yeah. wasn't like a main continuity book. But anyways, uh, that that community has been like blowing up over this whole thing, and there have been tons of people that have been going out and like buying every issue that they could find of X Men Gold Number One. And I'm like, guys, this is not gonna be valuable. No, like this is a fucking. It's gonna be no. Noto- it'll probably be notorious if you yeah. have that original art, but like I don't see it monetarily really. Like it's not gonna net you. You're not gonna retire on that. You're not gonna retire on a comic book this day unless it's like yeah one of the books we said before or detective 27 or something like that. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, even Walking Dead number one is only worth a thousand or something like that. In is really it a thousand? Good, well, in really good shape, I think you might be able to get a thousand for it if it's like slabbed <laughs> and everything. I have that book. Interesting. I didn't for, know it was like first book. printing? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to check. Yeah. Uh, I might might not be quite that high, but it is it is the most valuable comic that's come out in like the past twenty years. Huh, interesting, because I did start reading that month to month, or at least it's not like a variant cover or something when stupid it's, like that. When it started, I was reading it month to month, but I'm not sure if I got a first run, whatever. Then I switched to trades about twenty issues in. Yeah, because I mean, when it first came out, it was low print runs because yeah. you know it was a new series and it was a third you know third party publisher, and so. And I'm trying to remember if like Kirkman. If I was already following Kirkman because Invincible had started before that, because Invincible's had big gaps in publishing too, so I'm not sure if um, Invincible had started before that, and that's why I got into Walking Dead, or if it was vice versa. But I yeah. feel like Invincible would have been the book that I would have gotten into first, because I like that kind of like one creative team, long run superhero kind of story. I mean, to be fair, they've switched artists a couple times, but they picked very complementary artists when they switched them out, kind of yeah. thing. Um, but it's always Kirkman writing, which is also the reason why I like the Ultimate Spider-Man run because it's it's always Bendis, like it never deviates. Bendis wrote a hundred like two hundred issues of that. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's see where were we? Oh, well, here's one that we uh, didn't talk about uh, yesterday, um, but maybe we could riff a little bit on now. So Joss Whedon had a couple little comments about. Uh, um, his Batgirl movie that he's working on. So one, he was talking about casting and saying that he's probably not going to cast like a name, quote unquote, for the character. Like he's not. Well, I think he's not. It, does, it sounds like maybe he would, but he's not necessarily going to go for a name. So he'd be open to you know somebody that's relatively unknown, kind of thing. So which I think is good. And um, Disney has been having great success with that in the Star Wars movies. Yeah, and uh, it also means that they'll ju- they'll shut the fuck up about. Uh, Emma Stone, finally. So yeah, I mean, I I could see her doing a good Barbara Gordon, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I feel like she might be. Yeah, I mean, like I'm sure she's be fine. I I don't want to say she's too old because like she's not too old, but mm-hmm. it's like I feel like the Barbara Gordon character, especially if they're gonna do a new Fifty Two is ish version of it, mm-hmm. should probably not be thirty like late. Yeah, late twenties or thirty or whatever. Yeah, yeah fair so. enough. Um, and the other thing that uh, was just sort of. Uh, probably just one of those like throwaway comments that everybody then picked up on was that uh, in terms of the tone or story of the movie was he was saying that he wants to explore how this like teenage girl became so quote unquote hardcore, which makes me feel like he's going a real fucking Buffy route with it, which could be good. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't really. I I'd have to see the context of the quote, I guess, to kind yeah. of really understand what he's trying to get at. Yeah, Joss has never done like. I would never say anything that he has done is like hardcore, like violent or anything like that. Yeah. It's usually there is violence in all his shows. It's part of like he writes superhero stuff, but it's never been particularly brutal violence or anything. No, no, part. not at all. And like, and I would argue that Buffy and Angel, like even for all the fantasy trappings and all that stuff, they were just superhero stories too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't think he's never ever he's never written like an ultimate style or like a Mark Millar style. Yeah. story you know what i mean where it's just like blood and guts even like kirkman like we we're just talking about kirkman uh invincible tends to be fucking brutally violent yeah on a lot of occasions but joss has never really delved into that so that's a good transition for our meat of the episode actually <laughs> 
Um, but before we get to that, there was one other little bit of news, which was that uh, the um, that NES Classic that got discontinued, that little version of the NES that was supposed to have a bunch of or that had a bunch of games preloaded onto it, and that you could yeah, put your little cartridges into. Yeah, you're one of the four people into. that got it. Yeah, and that had a three foot cable on the fucking uh, controller. Uh, now that it's been discontinued, they've now announced an SNES Mini uh, or an SNES Classic instead. It's not like we're going to be able to get one if they do exactly what they did with the NES Classic, unless you want to pay four hundred dollars for it yeah. on eBay poachers. So, I mean, great. I would love to see what the games are going to pick on that, and I'm sure. I think somebody that I listened to did an episode where they picked the games that should be on it. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm like, I, I know what games I would want on it and like, that's fine. But well, it's weird too. Cause like it's a second gen console. So it's not as classic. Like I think at that point, um, there were so many titles starting to come out that people's experiences were a little bit different. Like there's probably three or four titles that more or less everybody played. But from there, there were a lot of people that would go down like this branch and a lot of people that go down yeah. this way. And so it'll be a matter of sort of, picking a selection across all of those yeah and that's kind of when like that's when the, the big rpg movement hit north america too so mm-hmm. like your final fantasies and your secret of manas and all that kind of stuff were coming out on the snes like games i never fucking even look twice at nope. kind of thing so um yeah i mean i'm sure it'll, i'm sure they'll probably maybe they'll up it and put 40 games on there but at the same time i have all 700 snes games on an emulator sitting here that i can play whenever i want so yeah Aside from the like nostalgia factor of seeing that little form factor hooked up to my HDMI mm-hmm. like TV, like my giant TV downstairs, I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, huge pixels, and <laughs> I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, I'd be super excited to sit five feet away from my like sixty inch television <laughs> so that I can play it because the goddamn cable's so short. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll learn this time and make it like a cheap Bluetooth controller. Yeah, but... exactly. So, um, oh, and then you had some musicy news that we talked about yesterday. Well, we talked about, there's just like a lot of album dropping kind of stuff, like from relatively, well, obviously big name artists at this point, but like, I don't know, everybody's talking about, what was it, the Kendrick Lamar album is supposed to be amazing, but like, the, I, I wanted to ask, I knew Tim was a, a fan of Gorillaz and wanted to ask if he'd heard the new album yet. And I hadn't, and I still haven't. And he still hasn't. But I will. And haven't. <laughs> but that came out, it's very rappy, it's a little weird. Mm. Um, and then uh, Incubus put out their eighth album this week. Actually came out yesterday, so very creatively titled Eight. Eight, yes. It's very it's been a, yeah, it's not it it's an incubus album. There's not really much else I can say about it at that point. I was disappointed that it didn't lean they put out an EP about a year or two ago, um, that was a little bit more intense and I was hoping that was the direction they were going in. And then this album came out and I was like, Oh, an incubus album. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> and then new Matthew Good single. So I'm kind of I'm getting ready for another Matthew Good album thing (laughs) to happen so that'll be cool all right well with that let us move on to our geek of the week and again still not drunk enough to to do a tag for you this week (laughs) sorry buddy well then what tell me then what was the geekiest thing that you did this week for the second time for the second time um well and this is hope maybe if christy's actually listening she probably has dropped out again we have made the same joke yesterday she'll probably have (laughs) dropped out as we started getting into the comic book like weeds um, but if you are listening, Christy, I did read the first two chapters of the King Killer Chronicles, and then I kind of had to walk away. <laughs> it just wasn't. I'm pretty sure he's not just baiting you, Christy. I'm pretty sure that this is. Legit, I put in a genuine it. effort to like sit down and read it, and I will try and like at least get through the first book. I just not was not in the headspace for that 
very floral kind of deep flowery heavy like hard fantasy yeah hard fantasy it just was not my mind my my headspace so i went um a little i don't even know how else to describe a little more lowbrow and like went back to my ultimate spider-man binge and (laughs) looked at pretty pictures and read witty repartee between nice peter parker and whoever happens to be sharing the screen (laughs) the panel with him at that point well you tried i'll i'll finish at least the first book um because then i can say i read the first book and then when she talks about it i can be like yeah but um, (laughs) now i have a genuine like i've read it opinion about this book so and who knows maybe i'll love it but it it, i don't know That, that kind of hardcore fantasy stuff has never been like a huge thing for me like even lord of the rings i've read lord of the rings a couple times but i don't go crazy about it like it's not yeah. my favorite favorite thing in the world i love it don't get me wrong but it's not like it's not the world that i live in all the time kind of thing i'm mm-hmm. i have my own little space that i kind of inhabit yeah. lord of the rings is tangentially connected to it and that's about <laughs> it so. fair enough uh for me my geek of the week uh was related to my travel over the past week or so or a couple weeks so i actually managed to get to both uh, Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom at Disney World within a week of each other. So while Alicia and I were in California, Alicia was there for a conference in which she uh, presented one of her papers that she's done on Tolkien studies. Um, and uh, But the first day that we got there, we just we got there pretty early in the morning, uh, and then Alicia didn't have anything to do that day, the conference. So we just drove up to from San Diego up to Anaheim, uh, and, uh, fucking went to Disneyland for 10 hours or so. And just, we were fucking both exhausted, but I get like this, like adrenaline rush when I get into the parks and stuff. And Alicia will attest to this. And it's, you know, sort of that like kid mother, like kid trapped under a car sort of thing. And, <laughs> uh, so I just got rejuvenated and we ran around and did all this stuff. And it was nice to get to be in a park that I'm not as familiar with. I mean, we've been there before. I've only I've been there twice before. Um, the last time was on our honeymoon in like 2010. I didn't ask this yesterday, but um, how many times total have you been to any Disney park? Uh, Disney World. Well, it's tough to count right because I lived there for a year. So if I don't right, count that right, year, okay. yeah. Um, I mean, when we were kids, we went every maybe two or well, the first time we went, I was like 10 or something like that. So I was like 91. And then I think after that, we went like every two or three years or something like that. Um, we would go down to Florida pretty regularly, but we didn't go to Disney World every time. Um, like we went down to Florida once a year because my grandparents would rent a house down in like uh, Port Charlotte, which is near Fort Myers, uh, for like a month. At, they, they were basically snowbirds. Yeah. They're uh, like a month or two or something like that. They would rent a house down there. Uh, so we would go and stay with them. And then a couple times we'd go to Disney World. So. Before I worked there, we'd probably gone, I'm going to say, five times or so, maybe six times. Uh, And then I worked there in 2000, basically from December 2004 to December 2005. And then after that, I probably went back once, maybe average like once every couple years. Because my sister went back down and worked there again in like 2008. So I went down there and visited her, I think, twice while she was down there. Um, so, and, but over the past few years, I haven't been getting to go as often. Uh, so I'm going to say if I had to estimate probably 11 or 12 times total over like a span of 17, no, like, no, fuck. I'm older than that now. Like 25 years. 
Yeah. So, one, but I guess I average like once every two years or so, with accepting the time that I worked there. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah, that's a lot of Disney. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the nice thing is, is that they're always adding new stuff, like new restaurants or new experiences or new rides or new shows and stuff like that, or new parades. So every time you go, there's you know something new that you ha- wasn't there before, kind of thing. So. Um, so they do kind of keep it fresh, but then there's also that classic kind of stuff that I always like to try and do like stuff like Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion and those sorts of things. So, yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, this past week I was in Orlando for work and that on Tuesday, the night that I had off, uh, that I had free, that I wasn't traveling. I went to Magic Kingdom as soon as I was done work and just fucking did a whirlwind Magic Kingdom tour until they closed at midnight. So it was nice getting to do those two sort of close to each other and getting sort of a more direct comparison of those two parks and the differences and similarities between them and that kind of thing. So got to go full on fucking Disney, Disney parks nerd this past couple weeks. Interesting. (laughs) I've never been to a Disney park, so I can't really speak to it. And we talked last night that we're, we're going to try and get Mark down uh, maybe once the star Wars land opens up and also get him to uh, universal for Hollywood horror nights or Halloween horror nights. Which would be interesting, yeah. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy that. There's bars every, like, 20 feet. Oh, then I will definitely enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> a little, like, uh, tent set up with booze. I may not remember feet. it after the fact, but uh, <laughs> I'll definitely enjoy it. And uh, and girls in nurse costumes walking around with, like, those uh, um, jello shooter, like, red blood packs. Oh, nice. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, it's fun times. Or, like, syringes full of, like, jello blood shooters nice. and that sort of thing. So. Crazy. Yeah. A lot of, um, that sounds pretty. Well, I like I, I've always it's it's just we never it was not something we did, so I never went. No. Um, I've never had a, I'm not a Disney guy either. I mean, we talk about just like the things that I am not at this point. Like, <laughs> not a Lord of the Rings, like not not Disney. I've seen all the movies and stuff. I just I don't have any particular like affinity for it the way, obviously Tim does. So, <laughs> even with me, like the movies isn't my big thing. It really is the theme parks primarily for me. Like just the immersiveness of them. And it's just something that's really like kind of pure and innocent and going there and seeing people like enjoying themselves and making memories and that kind of thing. And plus there's a lot of like, um, at Disney world, at least there's a lot of good restaurants and stuff like that as well. Um, so it's good place just to vacation and sort of unwind and relax and just unplug from the rest of the world for a while. Oh, it's my happy place. It's your happy place. (laughs) Um, so with that, let's go from that to something that is in fucking stark contrast, which is our really brutal meat of the episode. Much belated meat. Also, we apologize. (laughs) Our adamantium laced and regenerating meat. Slowly regenerating at this point. (laughs) So, um, Christy, we've been meaning to talk in case you haven't figured it out yet. We're going to talk about uh, Logan on this episode. Uh, we'd been wanting to talk about it for a while and we were waiting for Christy to go fucking see it. But Christy has this like massive affinity for Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and she couldn't bring herself to do it. Like she was not like emotionally prepared to see the, you know, finale of, uh, of Hugh Jackman as Logan, which makes, I'm, I, I get, I'm a big fan of Hugh Jackman's like Wolverine. I like, I love the guy in that character and I'm going to have, I'm going to be hard pressed to, when they inevitably recast it, because you know that's coming, mm. um, I'll be hard pressed to do anything but compare whoever the new Wolverine is to Hugh Jackman. Yeah, but 
it was time for him to go. He decided it was time for him to go. So he was going to go out and he went out in fucking style. So <laughs> yeah, he did. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, Logan released in theaters in like, was it March 3rd or something like that? Yeah. Um, beginning of March. I'm having a fucking snack. I'm pulling Christy. I'm, I'm channeling Christy for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, folks. If you start cramping up, then, uh, <laughs> hopefully not. Um, <laughs> Oh, my ovaries! <laughs> but, uh, Logan was uh, directed by James Mangold. It is the swan song of uh, sort of the, uh, was it Ryan Singer? Or Brian Singer? Brian Singer. Uh, X-Men universe, I would say. Well, they are coming back and doing another X-Men movie, and I think Brian Singer's directing it. Oh. I don't know a whole lot about what's going on with that next but movie. But that's sort of a, a separate continuity at this point. I think so i don't the the marvel x the x-ray i should say the fox x-men timeline it's kind of a mess has a lot in common with um the 90s marvel 616 (laughs) x-men timeline and that it is a giant pile of shit um (laughs) that nobody really has any idea what's going on in anymore yeah um i've heard a couple of different theories about like what they were this timeline supposed to be all of them sound don't really match up to all the movies so it's kind of impossible to say how any of this works yeah but Taking it as a standalone, like this is the end of the line for Wolverine. Yeah, this works for me. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, so this is set in what twenty twenty nine. Yeah, a world where there's been no new mutants for the last like twenty five years. Um, obviously draws very heavily on the old man Logan uh, comics. Debatable, but okay. Well, at least in tone, if not yes. in direct story. Yeah. Um, Mark, why don't you give us maybe a little bit of background on the old man logan sort of uh mythos so like old man logan was a story and it was an in the and i think we've talked about this before but it was a just like a random set of issues in the wolverine solo series it might have been volume four i don't know there's been a lot of wolverine relaunches we were just talking about marvel renumbering (laughs) um but Mark Millar and Steve McNiven essentially took over Wolverine for about, I think it's eight issues, and told this really bleak, borderline apocalyptic story um, of an old, much older Wolverine who had sworn off violence and was living on a farm with his new family, kind of in Nevada-ish area, um, and him kind of having his last run of like action kind of thing. He gets picked up by uh, a blind Hawkeye. And they go on a road trip across the country to deliver something, running into the deeply inbred spawn of the Hulk, um, <laughs> a, a new kingpin, Magneto, having taken over a large chunk of territory in the eastern seaboard. Like, they, things went really bad. And it, it has a very typical Mark Millar store backstory to it, where, um, which they kind of insinuate in the movie, but you're not, they, they insinuate more Professor X was responsible for it than Wolverine. But in the book, all the super, all the supervillains finally get organized and come together and attack the other superheroes. And it's always that thing that Mark Millar really likes to do, and I find a lot of modern guys like to do, is like taking supervillains who are generally associated with other characters yeah. and placing them in conflict with somebody else. New characters, yeah, or like a different other, set of characters. Yeah. So he ostensibly falls for a like one of Mysterio's illusions um, where Mysterio makes him think that all the other X-Men are a bunch of X-Men villains attacking the X-Mansion and he kills everybody. 
like just brutally fucking murders Jesus. everybody. Um, and when he's done, he realizes he's. I think he's holding like Kitty Pride or Jubilee in his arms or something like that that he had just gutted. And then he looks down and realizes that it's actually whichever I think it's Jubilee. Um, looks up again and then there's Mysterio being, and they explain to him what happened. So he swears off violence. At oh, fishbowl head. Oh, fishbowl head. <laughs> um, he swears off doing Wolverine things and goes and lives on a farm kind of thing. At this point, because of what had happened, all the supervillains haven't been organized. They wiped out the superhero community completely. Yeah. So, like, the Red Skull at this point had, like, he got, he killed Captain America. Like, everybody is dead. There's a couple guys still kind of floating around, but it's mainly Hawkeye's blind. Wolverine's not doing anything. Everybody else seems to have disappeared in that one incident kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the backstory of it was. So it's very, very tied to the Marvel Universe mythology, which obviously the Fox movies no. do not have access to. Yeah. Um, I would love at some point for them to be able to like roll the X-Men into it, redo Old Man Loken, and like do it that way. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a hell of a romp. Like It's a lot of fun. It's brutally violent in a way that only Mark Millar can write, just like over almost over-the-top violence. Um, and it's also... If you're looking for a nice, like, if you're into the art side of comics, Steve McNiven is as good as they get. Like, he's mm. spectacularly talented penciler. So, nice. his run on that is amazing. So, all right. Well, this movie definitely draws tonally from that, and definitely yeah. the the level of violence I think is is way up there with that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, my general thoughts for the movie, I really fucking enjoyed it. Like, this is the Wolverine movie that I'd been wanting for a long time. Um. It uh, it hit all the sort of notes that I was looking for. Uh, I did have a few minor issues with it, but overall, I was just really fucking happy with the treatment of the characters, the treatment of the story, the the sort of world that they were in. Um, yeah. It hit it hit a lot of the right notes for me, at least. Yeah, I had a very I had some like almost meta problems with it, and in hindsight, it made me angry that they didn't get to this point with the character earlier so mm-hmm. they could have done this kind of movie with Hugh Jackman in his prime as Wolverine I like agree. having told the story of like the Wolverine like the the second movie in the series whatever which I didn't hate I don't love it but it's not a, like I can sit through it again it's not yeah. a bad movie having that if that had been in this tone more like it had been a little bit more of an adult kind of heady R-rated yeah like thought like provoking movie I think it would have been a lot fucking better. And I think they would have treated the character with more respect that way. Whereas what we got were these like kind of whitewashy kind of PG 13 action yeah. movies with Wolverine in them that make yeah. very little sense. kind and, of thing. Right? And I mean, that's a studio thing mostly, right? Like the yeah. studios weren't willing, like they, they didn't have any proof at that point that an uh, R rated uh, superhero movie would really work well. I mean, there'd been like Watchmen, but none, n- none of the like, sort of mainstream comic book characters had had a movie like that yet and so yep so we have to thank ryan reynolds for this movie even absolutely existing, probably um because he fucking killed like just knocked that out of the park with deadpool yeah um and tim miller and tim miller yeah yeah, yeah. So. so um yeah so well let's see um i mean i literally just sat down and rewatched it because i hadn't watched it since you know a month and a half ago or whenever it came out in theaters so i just um, was kind of making notes as I was going. So, I mean, 
just like in terms of the tone, we already talked about how the tone was set just like really well, but um, that opening scene where he's just tearing into those fucking guys that are trying to steal his tires. I mean, that sets the tone of the movie perfectly. Like there's a brutal fucking violence, like not sanitized in any way, shape or form. Logan's clearly had fucking better days. Like he goes into straight up like fucking berserker rage, like the kind of thing that I was looking for in like his scene in apocalypse. Um, And then like that, that one claw that wouldn't extend all the way. Yeah. I think the only time we ever see him go like, Maybe well not to that point because that was brutally violent. I still point to X two, like X Men two, when the the Weapon X soldiers are invading the mansion and he like just starts cutting into guys. Yeah, but it's not shown near as graphically. But he does. No, no, no. no. There is that same level of intensity. Yeah, like he is just ripping people apart in that scene, and they mm-hmm. just can't show it because they're trying to make a PG superhero movie. Mm-hmm. But you, if you take the insinuation of that scene and you count the amount of guys he takes down. He murdered 20 people in that scene. Yeah. Like, if you look at the way Wolverine operates in like just in general, like you think about his power set and like the fact that he's using foot long claws coming out of his forearms. <laughs> like if he goes down and like starts taking down 20 soldiers, he's putting them down permanently. So he does yeah. kill a bunch of people, but yeah, this, he doesn't, the way he this... doesn't attack to maim. He attacks. No, to kill, he attacks usually. to kill usually. Right. So this is like, yeah, this is awesome. Like this, the way that introductory scene worked for me was great. And like, I, I just like, like Tim, I had, I saw it twice while it was in theaters. Cause I was just like, I didn't actually, I had a huge issue with it the first time until I thought about it. The first time I walked out of the theater, I'm like, I don't know why everybody's, it still had, it, there's a Fox ish X-Men plot point that I don't like, mm-hmm. uh, or I didn't like the first time until I kind of thought about it. And then I was like, oh, I kind of get why they did that. But the, when they first introduced the clone, mm-hmm. I was like. Oh, like, because they introduce him in such a way that it's like, he just lacks like the Terminator. And even the background music starts to have that kind of yeah, that's true tone. And I was like, what the f-? like, fuck, guys. Like, I found X24 like a little sort of a little uncanny um, and like a little sort of unnatural. But I'm, I, I wonder whether that was on purpose or not. It could be that it was on purpose or it could be just the effects were kind of off. Yeah. But I think it worked. Like, yeah. to, it works to its advantage after the fact. And when you consider that, like, the biggest villain of Wolverine's career isn't necessarily another villain. It's just his inability to um, control his rage kind of thing. And to protect the people around him. And protecting the people around him. Having him face off against what is a mirror version of him that is nothing but rage, that yeah. makes a lot of sense when you think about it. But when I was yeah. sitting in the theater the first time, I'm watching it being like, Oh man, you guys fuck you fucking ruined it. Like <laughs> I was so happy with everything at that point and then they did that and I was like, "Well, well, I guess okay." But yeah. when I put some thought into it and saw it again, I was like, "Oh, I understand. I hope that's what they were going for anyway. It wasn't just like that, but it works in that context." So I was like, "Yeah, yeah that works out well." Yeah. Um let's see what else do I want to talk about. Uh I mean, there was definitely some really good like thematic tones that sort of played on like the world that it was set in was very much like a sort of predictive science fictiony version of like, it's, you know, not that far in the future kind of thing, but you could definitely see some of the ties of the current, like political climate in the West, uh, like the xenophobia towards Mexico, like where he's driving those guys around in the limousine and they're driving across the, or past the border and yelling yeah. like USA and shit like that. Um, that felt very topical. I'm, I'm wondering when they like, I'd have to like look if it was see, put like, back under, in, or yeah, yeah if, if, they, if it was they shot in a reshoot or something. Yeah, yeah, 
because that felt very topical at that it point. It did. So. And also the, uh, um, what else? That Was that like the automated trucks on the highways that run Logan off the road? Yeah. And like, so, I mean, that there's a lot of people right now, a lot of stuff in the news about like driverless vehicles and that thing. And uh, is it Pierce? Is that what the dude's name is? Is talking about like tigers being extinct. Extinct, yeah. And like, um, there was sort of the corporate agriculture was sort of a, you know, second tier villain in the movie as well. Yeah. With the, the farm stuff. So, yeah. It was in a sort of more realistic dystopian future than what you usually get. Like, usually you get like, you know, something super Hunger Games kind of bleak. Yeah, uh, and very detached from our current society. And we should probably talk about the fact that the trailer sells it like that. It almost looks like because those, the, especially the the first trailer, and we talked about it on the show, was almost Fury Road esque. Yeah, a like road movie. That, yeah, it looked like a Fury Road, and it was technically a road movie. It's kind of yeah. they, they are traveling a fair bit. Yeah. Um, but it does ha- it, it, it it had that very post apocalyptic kind of like dystopian future mm-hmm. setting, which I think we both kind of commented on the fact that we we're kind of like over that scene at that point yeah but i think they handled it in a way that it was like it wasn't really that it's just that they were in fucking south texas which i guess is kind of a dystopia <laughs> and to it, begin with. <laughs> it still felt yeah they're in el paso and it still felt um close enough to our current society that it was a little bit more relatable and mm-hmm. you know pe- people could still see sort of strands of our current climate mm-hmm. in that um so yeah I, I thought that it was a pretty good sort of setting for sure and it worked definitely in terms of the actual story as well um, but all right, I don't think we can go any further before we acknowledge like the amazing casting and the amazing performances just across the board for the most part. Yeah, they fucking killed. Yeah, well, I mean, they but they were walking in. They walk in with an easy casting choice at that point. I mean, you already have Hugh Jackman. Yeah, in there, and then letting him be Xavier's late life caretaker. Yeah, lets you have Hugh Jackman who has shown himself. And I will admit to being surprised at how good he is at it. Like, I didn't think if you watch the first two X-Men movies, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, this guy's really, really, really good at this. But mm-hmm. um, I think X2, he's better. But like, it, it does take him a little while to find his foot. He's shown himself to be a pretty fucking spectacular actor. Oh, yeah. To I the mean, point where he holds his own against Patrick Stewart, who may be one of the best performers like yeah. going. Did now, you right? did you ever watch Les Miserables? No. Because if you'd watch that, you would not be as surprised by Hugh Jackman's performance in this, because it's a very similar sort of uh, same level of sort of dynamic okay. in the in the role. Um, very emotional, very you know. I mean, Wolverine in general is sort of uh, pigeonholed as a pretty one D character, but in this That's movie is arguable. Like, I mean, I, I in you, terms of not... the stereotype, yeah, true, yeah. yeah. Like, if you think about Wolverine, you think, oh, he's just this feral, you know, character that's got, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, but he has had a, a lot of really amazing um, storylines that go really deep. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the sort of the mass perception of him. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think the mass perception is definitely, like, he's just that berserker guy. Yeah. I don't th- I don't think the um, nuanced kind of, like, I don't know, lost samurai kind of take on the character gets pushed out on the masses as much as like yeah. as a as a big Marvel comic book fan, like that's the Wolverine that I identify with. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that version of the character. Like he's he's one of my favorites. Like him and Batman are probably like neck and neck for my favorite characters. Like I love Wolverine and that's why because I am a big hairy guy with a temper and I totally acknowledge <laughs> the fact that that is an issue. Yeah. So like I can see I don't know I just I like that character a lot for that reason. So I I I'm 
well versed in the fact that he is yeah a conflicted guy but like yeah. they don't usually in in the mass media play that up as much but the movies have done a really good job of playing that up too though like that's something that the they've, movies have done really well they've gotten progressively better especially in the solo movies but this by far i think was the best oh, absolutely. uh the like the best uh sort of most nuanced version of logan well, that we've seen yet it's like it was a it's um it's like the retiring gunslinger movie yeah. you know what i mean it's like unforgiven ostensibly yeah. for logan right it's like yeah the, the retired badass has to come out and like do one last ride and like do one last job and yeah falls at the end kind and of. then yeah and then i mean patrick stewart as like that sort of fallen leader kind of thing was just out fucking standing especially not knowing what what happened to like having yeah. lost so much and the irony of him having been the most powerful mind in the world yeah and and this like, is what happens when it starts to deteriorate yeah when that when his brain starts to fall apart like what happens kind of yeah. thing like that that's that's a sad story played incredibly well by patrick stewart who again like obviously is an amazing fuckingly talented actor so yeah yeah i mean like just the amount of like sorrow in his portrayal was really really good especially once he does remember what happened mm-hmm. after the event or after oklahoma city his seizure there when he remembers what happened in westchester where like they talk about it on the radio and then he talks about it as well as that like there is obviously at the school for the gifted like he had a massive seizure like 600 people were injured like it killed like seven mutants including yeah. some of the x-men yeah <clears throat> so i mean that's all the detail that we're given but that is like imagine trying to live with that after that yeah especially because like those are he looks at the x-men as his children and like, he always yeah. kind of has that's well depending on who's writing him i guess but like that version of the character especially was a very fatherly figure to mm-hmm. the the older x-men like the the singer verse original x-men team or whatever would have been in place at that point like yeah especially if it was post days of futures past where like everybody was alive and happy at the end of it. And then he had that kind of effect. And like, mm-hmm. he would have then been responsible for Gene Scott, Aurora, like everybody dying at that yeah. point. Plus the kids, like Kitty was around and stuff too. So like, there yeah. was like or at least extras. injuring, at least injuring a lot of them, if not killing some of them. Well, if, if he killed any of them, it would have, it's hard to say, right? Cause it seemed like Wolverine was kind of quasi immune to it. Well, that also has to do with like that's, how far away each of them were when it happened and that kind yeah. of thing too. So although one would argue like if Jean were there, would she have been able to like help it? Cause she is a relatively powerful psychic also. Like she yeah. has that kind of power set too, but it's, hard she to was say. just at the grocery store that day. It's possible. It's entirely <laughs> possible. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, Patrick Stewart's portrayal he was, was so good. really, yeah. really, really good. I really like Stephen Merchant in it. He didn't get as big of a role in it as Caliban as I wanted to see. I would have loved to see a little bit more of Caliban cause it's a pretty, interesting character from the little bit i know about him um uh, he's not somebody who's been in a lot of books that i've read a yeah. ton of so i'm not super familiar with the character he was in was he in apocalypse too he has a little bit part in apocalypse not steven merchant i don't think played him but i think they like used Cal- caliban in yeah. apocalypse i've only seen that once oddly yeah. enough i in, in spite of my ocd nature like i buy all these fucking movies like i have my suicide suicide squad Blu-ray <laughs> in front of me that i bought opened put on my desk and have not even looked at it so. um but I do like I bought Apocalypse and I don't think I've ever actually watched it again. So. Yeah. Yeah, that I don't I don't exactly blame you for that. Um But yeah, I mean Caliban was it's a good character and I thought it was a uh he was a good cast for it. Um yeah. he had a good death at least, but I could have done with a little more. I know it wasn't really his story. No. Like he was sort of peripheral character, but uh there were certain parts of the movie where I was like, 
I could have done with a little bit more of Caliban and a little more character development than uh, yeah. with him instead of this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, really the fucking breakout star was Daphne Keene as oh. X-23 slash Laura. So good. I yeah. was, and then I know we were talking about um, when we did our thing about like actors we didn't like or whatever, whatever that topic was we mm-hmm. talked about a couple weeks ago. And we did kind of talk about how awesome she was because I was talking about how much I generally dislike child actors. Mm-hmm. I will not say I all of a sudden love child actors, but she is an exception. She was fucking awesome. Yeah, absolutely fucking phenomenal. Like really good balance of like that feral like fucking badass with like uh sort of a little girl full of like wonder and curiosity, like seeing the world for the first time kind of thing. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean like her I don't know how much of the stunts she did herself kind of thing, but like it looked like there were a lot that yeah, she they really played up. Um, I liked the contrast between her style too, and like the way Wolverine fights. Her more like acrobatic style. Yeah, her more yeah. like I'm small, acrobatic, gonna stab you seventy eight times like really quickly, and then move yeah. on. Whereas Wolverine's more just like brutal, just brutally just, like yeah. just hacking and slashing at guys and like yeah. pummeling them on top of that. Like, yeah. that's the weird thing too. Is like we didn't, we didn't really talk about the fact that like comic book wolverine is a tiny tiny man um Mm -hmm. it would ostensibly like tim's not that short but he's a shorter guy like he's below six feet kind of thing hugh jackman is more like my height like six foot two six foot three i'm six foot five but like he's a taller guy so there's a big contrast so yeah i mean the comics uh wolverine regularly gets like thrown around by guys like hulk and colossus Colossus, like uh, is it the uh the cannonball maneuver the fastball Fastball special fastball special right yeah the fastball special yeah um, he gets tossed around a lot because of that, but it's, so it is kind of funny that like, and I remember that was a big thing when he first got cast. Like, he's too fucking tall, and I was like, "Who gives a shit? Look at him; he looks fantastic." Yeah, so. he's perfect with that. Yeah. You know, that one exception. Otherwise, yeah. it's a perfect. And they're not going to cast some five foot three guy to like stand. Because yeah. imagine somebody who's five foot three trying to trying to like hit on Famke Jansen. That's <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. Like true. she's she's six feet fucking tall. Man. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Um, <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, Laura just had so many good fucking moments. Like when she pulls the harpoon through her chest and then like cuts it off. Uh-huh. Yeah. When she fucking bites the bullet out of her arm and spits yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, like when her she walking out with the head and just tossing <laughs> yeah. the head. I was like, that's fucking badass. That is awesome. Yeah. Like she she just fucking tears apart the the reavers. Yeah. Um. Even like some of the more like sort of understated moments, like when she's on that mechanical horse and she wants to ride it again and she can't get it going and yeah. she almost fucking cuts into the thing. Cuts like the it, thing. Yeah. it cuts into the coin box to get it going again and then yeah. Logan stops her. Yeah. I love that uh, that scene. It's the same scene where like they go into the store or whatever and she just starts stealing stuff because she has yeah. no idea how it works. Yeah. And then the, my, my favorite bit of that wasn't even that. It's Logan. Going like, do you have cell phone chargers? And then like telling her it's horrible to steal. Like you can't yeah. steal, you can't do that. And then stealing a cell phone charger and a handful and a of bunch cigars. Of cigars. Yeah. yeah, as he walks out, I was like, that's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, that that was in the trailer, and and that yeah. was one of those things that made me think like, okay, maybe they've got kind of the tone of this uh, yeah. right. Um, and I I like that uh, they did address why she has the foot claws as well. Uh, where well, I guess I mean part of it is just like those were inserted sort of you know like by the scientists and then xavier goes back and says like it's because she's female because like they're in lions the females are the hunters yeah and so yeah anyways that was it was i was glad that they at least addressed that difference um 
but she does have the foot claws in the comics too. Yeah. So or the yeah. foot claw, the one, the singular claw yeah. from the comics. So yeah. that is a thing. Um, um, but then the moment where she finally comes around and starts talking after Xavier's death, spoiler alert. That's was, yeah, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. For for a month and a half old movie. Yeah, everybody, exactly. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. So. <laughs> I mean, that was just a really great like character moment overall, and like I'm glad that they did that, and you know, didn't like didn't you know like dwell on it too much kind of thing like in terms of why are you talking now when you weren't talking before or anything yeah. like that like well you just say that she's just right? a fucking like moody little kid <laughs> yeah 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 i did i i really enjoyed her performance a lot and there was a lot of yeah. talk early on about like who they were going to cast and like whether they're going to go older and have her be more like the because laura in the comics even at her introduction is like kind of mid-teens mm-hmm. um at that point like 15 16 year old but like and therefore has a more kind of like dramatic kind of I'm going to talk a lot kind of character arc. Mm. But go, I think going with like somebody who's like 11 or 12 like they did like just worked really well. So yeah, yeah it did. I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> it also makes the violence that stand out that much more when it's somebody mm-hmm. that young just cutting into motherfuckers like that. So. Yeah. Do you see that uh, meme that was going around that was like um, uh, her and, and uh, Hugh Jackman sitting in the truck holding up one of the comic books I saw this post in that comic book collecting community a lot where uh, it was with like a caption saying like this guy, you know, uh, beat a bunch of people just to get this comic for his little girl. You know, this is the parenting, uh, you know, this is the real dad or something like that. That's funny. <laughs> um, but uh, well, we, we were talking about the singer movies a little bit. There were a, a fair number of like good little nods to that cinematic universe in there as well. Like, you did have like uh, his um, samurai sword on like the wall yeah. and the compound and stuff, and and even the um, the the corporation that owned the like the, the tran- transigen. Oh no, the the, the plot she- land he was the, living on the Chinese shell company or whatever. Yeah, that was the company um, that he worked for in the Wolverine. Oh okay, like that's how he got that. From, I didn't. Like, oh, I didn't well, catch I that one. That's awesome. I saw it in. Uh, I think I saw it on TV tropes after the fact. Yeah, that was. It was like tied into that. So it was the whoever it was. Is it Yuriko? Probably bought it or mm-hmm. like was keeping it for him and as a favor had let him. Oh, that's set awesome. up shop there. So yeah, um, and they also referenced the events um, on the Statue of Liberty in one of the first three movies. X Men. What's well, that's in X Men? It's the, the first, first movie. One. Yeah, um, and then uh, I saw this uh, somewhere. Was that. Uh, they talked about how that tank that Xavier is in um, was sort of designed to be reminiscent of Computo. Cerebro? Cerebro, yeah, sorry. Cerebro. Or Cerebro, I guess, depending on which version you want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it had that same sort of feel where he's in this like great big open space that has a lot of like little sort of points of light shining through it. Yeah. And that was kind of how it was when he was uh, attached to Cerebro and finding mutants and that sort of thing. It makes sense if you want to find a place where he's going to be comfortable as he goes, gets progressively, progress, like yeah. generates progressively. Like that would be a space that he spent a lot of time in, right? Yeah. Like, first of all, building Cerebro or Cerebro, I guess in the movies it was just Cerebro. Um, and then like working in there to like discover mutants and like yeah. do all the stuff that the team would have done at that point. So, yeah. But I mean, practically speaking, they also reference and say that like the tank was supposed to like block his abilities. Um, like they say that, but I'm like, to... how did they actually like? How does that actually work? Because yeah. you see, when he has the seizure, that it affects Stephen Merchant outside yeah. the tank too. So I'm not sure if they just say that to kind of just say that because it's not like there's any technology. You would need some kind of technology to 
do yeah. that, right? It's not just like metal's not going to stop his mind powers from working. Otherwise, anytime he was in a building, it would stop his mind powers from working outside that building. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was weak, and I mean, they addressed that it wasn't working properly, right? Like that they was he was saying like this thing's supposed to block his powers. It's obviously not doing that. Well, it's not, it could have just been something Wolverine just said to him to shut yeah. the fuck up. Too, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that version of Wolverine, especially like would have would have done that. Would totally have just been like, yeah, it's gonna block his powers. Like, I just want to have this beer. Shut up. Yeah, like, fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> Still um, the best cameo he did too. Go fuck yourself. I love that. In, yeah. in first class when they walk up to him. Yeah. I love that little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, s- since we're talking about the uh, the sort of seizures and stuff like that, and we've also talked a bit about the fight scenes, let's talk about that like scene in Oklahoma City where like uh, uh, Logan is clawing his way through the building while uh, Xavier's having his seizure. Like that was in a that was a super intense, really well done scene and like a very standout scene like i'd never seen anything quite like that before oh like the uh we're like they're in the casino he's walking he has to take the elevator back up in the casino yeah. or whatever yes yeah. yeah well everybody else is just frozen because of yeah. because of uh xavier i love the look of horror in the soldier's eyes yeah where he can they... he looks over and he can't move and he can yeah. see what's coming yeah and you could just see this like yeah monster coming at him ostensibly yeah like, at that point Oh, that, that guy could still move, and he has claws that are coming out of his fucking hand. Yeah. Like I am done now, and now those claws are through my skull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if, if if time had stopped at that point, I wonder how much his brain would be able to process that kind of thing. Is that well, it's, it's not that on. time had stopped, right? It's that Xavier is well, I mean, to free, them, they were freezing. Locked in. Yeah, exactly. So like, they're, if they're locked in by that, like, yeah, I wonder what the experience to be feeling like that stopping you and then mm-hmm. getting all of a sudden three adamantium claws like yeah. piercing your skull would be probably not the happiest experience of their lives <laughs> like that was the cool part of that for me was that um you know we've seen scenes before where like time is frozen or like ostensibly sort of like standing still with like the quicksilver stuff in the mm-hmm. x-men movies well it's a um, good reference to that because they use that power in the, the X-Men movies, I, I don't see it in the comics very very much. Maybe they use it more now because of the movies, but where, where Xavier is able to pause everybody. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty good little reference to that, yeah. like his power shorting out yeah. and him like only being able to kind of half pause everybody. And it looks like it is not the most comfortable fucking situation to be in for anybody. Yeah, nobody can breathe. and Yeah. So, because yeah. because he's lost, I don't like that's you got to think what the the level of power it would take to be able to pause everybody and can make sure that they didn't die from it at mm-hmm. the same time, and then to have that power to just misfire, just stop like, like the higher functions while but leaving yeah. all of sort of like the basal functions that you need just to survive kind of thing. yeah, and then to have that power start to misfire like mm-hmm. that is kind of terrifying, really. Yeah. Well, and you can see that like afterwards, like he, when he's going through the casino, he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like you can see just a huge like regret and remorse and, uh, uh, like from all the pain and destruction that he's caused both here and back in Westchester. Yeah. Um, that was a really just great, great fucking moment. Yeah. Um, also like, again, like just like we've been saying about this movie the whole time, brutally violent scene too. Like he just cuts through guys like. Yeah, like if I had to describe this movie in like two words to people, it would be like brutal and heartbreaking. Yeah, brutal and heartbreaking is definitely. Yeah. And not even necessarily like it is brutally heartbreaking, but it's also like just separate thoughts. Just straight up brutal. Like, <laughs> brutal, yeah, comma, heartbreaking. Yeah, brutal, comma, heartbreaking. <laughs> um, yeah, they really use that R rating to their advantage, oh, yeah. I think. like 
again, thank you, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like, just thank you for doing that Deadpool movie so right so yeah. that we got to have this movie. Like, that was awesome. And I mean, it's not that I want to, like, glorify the violence. Like, it's not like, this isn't like a horror movie for me where I want to watch it, like, for the torture porn. But I just, I enjoy that there that it was not sanitized. Like, this is what logan slashing into you would actually do yes agreed and that's and that's something that like i have this conversation a lot when i start getting into like the nerdy side of like nerdier comic book side of stuff where if these guys are actually attacking you the damage they would do is like they can't show you that kind of damage on tv or whatever Mm -hmm. like this is like an r-rated movie is the only way they could really show you this kind of stuff like superman punching anybody that's not a kryptonian is going to turn them into paste Unless he's really trying hard. Unless he's restraining himself, yeah. Yeah. And even, like, a Batman attack, like, the way he fights, he is <laughs> crippling guys. You yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, they never show that side of it, and it was really cool. Like, Deadpool showed it, but it's obviously that's a little bit more of, like, a lighthearted kind of R-rated take on it. Yeah. But this shows you, like, the repercussions of these super fucking powerful guys just attacking you or each other or, like, regular people, right? Like, seeing yeah. Wolverine cut into guys like that is not... Yeah, absolutely like gonna be a fucking fun sanit like whatever antiseptic kind of experience yeah exactly yeah and that's i i love that they didn't shy away from that um so that brings me to part of the movie that sort of killed the pacing for me and that was the the bit at the farm i was happy to see eric lasalle again i don't know (laughs) back from his er days back from his er days yeah (laughs) yeah i mean he was good in it i just the that part of the movie it didn't. It, it was sort of a, an aside, sort of a tangent, and it it did kind of kill the pacing a bit. And that was one of those scenes where I was like, I could have done with like more with Caliban or something like that. Then I knew what they were trying to do because they were trying to like sell the Wolverine needs a family kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that he's always lacked in his life, and like him having that last time experiencing that, and like finally having a daughter, and like ostensibly having his father there with him. Like because I guess that's kind of what his the Xavier Wolverine dynamic. Yeah, probably was more so than with any of the other X-Men at that point was like he looked to him as a father figure. So seeing that family dynamic and then like having to deal with that. Yeah, that would be something. But it did slow down the movie a little bit. And then all the weird stuff. The fuck? I don't know. Shit's falling. So you got a cat in the room? No, I don't. I made sure they weren't in here. I don't know. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, like the uh, yeah, it did totally like and then having the weird like um, kind of ecological like yeah. commentary stuff i was like i don't know if this really like do we need to do this in what is like really just like wolverine's last ride like do we have to have a fucking yeah save the earth message in this r-rated yeah yeah i felt movie? i felt like that was weird. a little bit forced and and not not super necessary and it probably could have done with a little bit more judicious editing like i'm not you know saying remove it entirely but i don't think it needed to be there to the extent that it was there I think they should have focused. They shouldn't have done all the the weird like dealing with the fucking sheriff or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, kind of the, stuff. The, and just the kind of station. Focused, and... I think that if they focus more on the like the family aspect of it, like the Wolverine didn't because they never really spell out to you like yeah, this is something that Wolverine never had and he kind of wanted yeah at some point. You know what I mean? Because so. up to this point, like this was like a Fury Road sort of level of intensity. This movie up to this point, like there were very few like little lulls, and the lulls that there were were pretty short mm-hmm. whereas this was just like okay here's a great big lull in the middle of the movie and yeah. sure there's maybe a couple nice character development moments but it was one of it was the weakest part of the movie for me overall yeah. but oh no i agree completely yeah um but then i mean it picks right back up because then you've got x24 fucking just 
decimating this family. Yeah. And and Xavier. Yeah. I was a little like disappointed that he went out like that, but I guess at that point it kind of makes sense that like like you're not gonna give him you can't give both characters grand deaths, I yeah. guess, at that point. And Wolverine went out like a yeah, hero well, kind of thing. It's also maybe there's there's some metaphor there to be had in terms of like Xavier getting sort of killed by Logan's baser instincts. Yeah. Or something is, like that. Which is yeah, I guess there is something to be said about like he had always helped or tried to help Wolverine fight those baser instincts mm-hmm. and become the better guy, like become the better man. So Yeah. But yeah, that that fucking like Xavier's like death was heartbreaking, like Logan coming in and telling uh, Xavier like it, it wasn't like, me, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. That was so, so rough. Um, The fight, I mean, the fight scenes in this movie overall were great. The fight between Logan and X-24 was fucking brutal. Like, I was was amazed. I could not tell. They shot it in the dark, obviously, so they didn't have, they could go practical and, like, have him fight somebody else kind of thing. Yeah. Like, fight a stunt double kind of thing. But it was really seamlessly well, like, in... When they're really attacking each other, you don't get that like jilty kind of like we're doing special effect de aging on the other guy. They just yeah. really let it them cut into each other. It's just good camera angle tricks and like judicious editing at that point. And yeah. it just they really fucking haul off on each other. It reminded me so much of the uh the final scene in uh Universal Soldier. Yeah, actually the final fight good, in Universal Soldier. That's a good pull, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like uh like where was it Dolph Lundgren gets like yeah. thrown onto the thresher or whatever at the yeah. end? And then gets chewed up into little bits and pieces. I haven't seen that movie in fucking. Years. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean that fight was good. But then we get Logan having to bury Xavier, and that was like one of the most heart heartbreaking. Like that was what I, when it really hit me is like afterwards when he's having his little like freak out on the truck. And yeah, like, just realizing like he's now lost everybody, right? Like he has nothing left. Yeah, like and where he's like. like He's trying to say something. He just keeps getting choked up and can't yeah. get it out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when he starts hauling off on the truck, because at first you laugh, right? Because he just starts beating the truck, and then you realize, like, oh shit, he's like, he's literally falling apart over there. Like this is yeah. not a happy experience. I can kind of understand why Christy, um, being probably, and I'm not saying this is a sexist thing, being the more emotional one of the bunch of us would have a hard time dealing with this if she's that invested in the character, because that is a fucking like heartbreaking moment. Yeah, absolutely. when he just falls over and it's like. I'm not sure if he's sobbing or just panting from the like effort he put in destroying the truck or whatever, but he looks crushed. And it, I felt, I felt kind of, I teared up a little bit at that. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. shit, he's lost everything he ever had at this point. Yeah. Seriously. Not that he had a lot, but like what he did have, it's gone now completely. Yep. Yeah. That was really rough. Um, uh, but then, I mean, then we start to get into like the, uh, them meeting up with the other kids and stuff. I mean, we get those moments between uh, Laura and Logan that are sort of really good, you know, relationship kind of building moments. Yeah, uh, I still then, like that. Them, him, her yelling at him in fucking Spanish. Yeah, was such good tension relief after that other scene too. Like having it was Xavier. Yeah, like where he just starts yelling. She just starts yelling at him, and she he's swearing back at her and shit. I was like, this is <laughs> pay- you guys paced this like it was. With that lull aside, the rest of the movie was yeah. very well paced in that way, where it's like, I've got, yes, we're going to have this really dramatic scene or this really emotional scene where Wolverine's going to, like, break down. But we're that five minutes later, we're going to have a scene where, like, she's just jabbering at him in Spanish and he's losing his <laughs> shit because he doesn't know what to do anymore. And then she starts rattling off the names over and over. And, yeah. yeah. 
I agree. The the pacing overall was really good. There was just that one sort of misstep. Yeah. Um, but then but then they meet up with the other kids, and I really like the way that they handled sort of the other kids. Like in most movies like this, even in the early like X Men movies, it was very much like this is Jubilee. She can do this. This is Iceman. He can do this and that sort of thing. Whereas this was just like, here's a bunch of other kids. We're just going to let you see what their powers are kind of thing. Yeah. That, and that's to the benefit of the movie, I think too. Yeah. Um, there is a tendency in movies now to like, we're going to spell out and explain everything to you. Yeah. Like over exposition. Yeah. Too much exposition kind of stuff. There is going to be a Mr. Exposition who's going to explain this whole world to you. And I get at that point, I mean, I guess if you're in the first X-Men movie, like, I mean, you and I are going to walk into that first X-Men movie being like, fuck yeah, we're finally seeing an X-Men movie. Yeah. Like, we know what all this stuff is, but like... Yeah. Our, I know who my, this is, I know what they can do. And, yeah, but like, my mom, who is now a huge fan of these movies, like, she loves this shit, like, uh, probably wasn't as aware of like, maybe not, didn't know exactly what Wolverine's power set actually was. Didn't well, know she that, might maybe, have. Maybe knew that, that he had claws, but not that he could heal or something. Yeah. She might have because she did grow up in a house or live in a house where she raised my brother and I, who are just mm-hmm. have been into this comic book shit for ages. So <laughs> um, she might have known, but like I guess Joe Blow on the street may not have been necessarily aware of like yeah. Cyclops's Ruby Quartz fucking visor and the, why it was required and like what Jean Grey's power actually was, like that kind of stuff. Where they're spelling it out to you, but we are now. This is what seventeen years later from that. Yeah. Right. We don't need to have any of this shit explained. Everybody knows what an X-Man is. Everybody knows what the mutant thing is. So you can just throw us this group of kids and just be like, go. Show them wiping out fucking soldiers. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this this movie series is 17 years old at this point. It is, it, which blows my fucking mind. Like, <laughs> there's 10 of these movies, right? Or something yeah. like that? Like, Yeah. So, oh, oh, the world we live in now. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever think you would see the day, Tim, where all we did all the time was get to talk about how awesome it is that we are watching fucking yeah. all our favorite characters on the big screen Indeed. and treated for the most part pretty fucking respect respectfully. I mean, yeah, some could argue that maybe the X-Men franchise as a whole is not the best. It's not the healthiest. At the not moment. the healthiest. But um, I mean, if you look at like the all the comic book movies that are happening. I mean, the MCU is so respectful to everything. Yeah. Logan itself, like this movie was so respectful of that character. I mean, we got that dark Knight trilogy, the yeah. dark Knight trilogy, especially like th- so respectful of the core of what Batman is. Like, I think the DC movies generally have been pretty respectful to the characters. It's just, they haven't been putting them in the best, uh, stories. That's true too. Yeah. So. Well, I, I would argue the way they've handled Superman so far since Man of Steel has been a little uneven. So yeah, there's there's precedent for the way that they're handling Superman. No, that's true. But I just thought like that's not the way I would like the character to be portrayed. Yeah, it's it's not the stereotypical uh, portrayal of Superman. No, for sure. No, but I do like. But like, even the new Batman, like I like Affleck's Batman. So like I have no problem with most of the stuff. The way this stuff going, I always think Fox is the one that has like the worst track record for doing mm-hmm. that. And I think allowing. Jackman and what's the fucking director's name again? Of this? Yeah. Uh, no, it was um, Joe. Fuck James, James Mangold. Mangold. James Mangold. Like letting them go off and do like a low budget R rated movie where they can be super respectful of like mm-hmm. the character and like that kind of stuff. That worked to their benefit a lot. Well, in rel- relatively low budget. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still a hundred million dollar budget. Was it hundred million dollars? I didn't Nin- think they even got nine, that much. Ninety-seven million box office was is uh, sitting at over six hundred million at this point. It's still in fucking theaters, you know. I know it is. Yeah, I know. I, I what I what I keyed it into uh, 
or uh, Google were just now it, it came up as like show times movie, movie times and yeah and I was like oh shit it's still out there um I mean granted there hasn't been a whole lot else to come and kick it out but no no um, not until like Guardians of the Galaxy I'm pretty sure it'll probably end up being in theaters till Guardians of the Galaxy comes out in a couple that's weeks. coming up like that's Two only weeks. a couple weeks away right yeah, yeah. that's I'm, I'm excited for that maybe yeah. Christy will actually go see that and we'll do an episode <laughs> about it in a timely fashion <laughs> um. So, but yeah, the the kids I thought were dealt with really well. The whole like sort of engineering weapon, like child weapons, that was a little bit tropey, but it was handled well mm-hmm. for that. I mean, you brought up that concern before, though. Like, yeah, th- like the plot overall was could be pretty tropey. Yeah, I think, and it was to a certain extent, but it was handled so well. Mm-hmm. Then it wasn't the main focus of the story either. Like yeah. it was inciting a lot of the stuff, but you were more focused on the character. No, it was way more character driven than it was plot driven. Yeah. So um but uh I mean like the kid that jumped off the roof rather than fight for them kind of thing, rather than be yeah. a soldier, like there were some really good moments in that. I did have a little bit of a sort of nitpicky moment where I was like, Oh, it's nice that she got this video so edited uh together so well yeah. while she was like bleeding out on the bed. Yeah, that came that that's come up in a couple other reviews and stuff like that too, <laughs> like other people talking about it. It's like, yeah. well, she's really good at doing at video editing, like on, on her, her phone. phone. Yeah, exactly, and voiceover and everything. Yeah, and voiceover and the whole bit. <laughs> I guess if she's taking the time to like do it, may as well do it right. But like, yeah. as a um, maybe not if, shouldn't be the top on top thing on her priority list. If you're if you're uh, if you're a longtime fan of our podcast, you know that like just because I like. Doing the, the editing doesn't mean I was good at it at first. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> something you learn over time. So the first time you do video editing, unless that was her hobby, which they did not tell us it was, <laughs> might not have been as easy as... Yeah, we like don't know. Maybe she's like a, a, a vlogger or something like that. It's entirely possible, but they didn't tell us that. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it is a little... It was a little movie magic moment there. But yeah. other than that, I mean, I, it, it got the information across that they needed it to in a way that was... <laughs> At least it wasn't like somebody stopped him. They just met some magical character who just happened to know what yeah. was going on. It was plot. You know what I mean? Like no, yeah, properly. it didn't feel like too derivative, like no. too uh, too too forced. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the kids in general, like I said, I like the, really like the way they were introduced. I love the moment where while he's sleeping, they all cut his beard. They cut his beard yeah. into the into the Wolverine like classic like mutton chops that uh, that they all recognize from him in like the comics and old pictures and stuff like that. I like the way they handled the comic book thing too. I think that was I was kinda, gonna say that too, yeah. That was kinda cute. Like the way yeah. they, they referenced the comic book stuff, but they didn't like Yeah. The mutants have like sort of passed into legend, like their you know, stories are told about them now and their uh, or the X Men have passed into legend and now, you know, they're all told kids read about them in comics and logan's like half of this shit is bullshit well, the stuff that did happen yeah didn't happen how they said it happened and yeah um although i do i did like like sort of how eden did end up being real like they could have gone the other way with that right and had like eden not be real even though it was like nothing like it was in the comic yeah um and the the kid that had the uh uh the wolverine toy the little fat black kid that mm-hmm. was really cute too mm-hmm. um yeah but then the kids were fucking badass too. Like them fighting the Reavers at the end was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like the one girl that like freezes the uh, one Reaver's arm off, and then the uh, other one that like just fucking annihilates one with like chips of wood and yeah. like pine uh, pine, pine straw and shit like that. Yeah. They um actually th- that that that's where like the the best fight actually happens. The X twenty three X twenty four fight was my yeah in the in was my favorite fight in the movie like yeah. that. 
fully powered, just ready to cut loose Wolverine versus mm-hmm. like his tiny, fast moving little clone, like brutally violent clone, just like just chopping into each other and shit was just like, <laughs> yeah, that was this really is good. pretty awesome. Yeah. Right. And it was pretty cool to see like, because they'd been like Logan, like real Wolverine had been struggling with his healing factor, not working so well. It was kind of interesting to see like these two characters who are ostensibly in their primes, like able to chop into each other and heal really quickly and keep going and just yep. keep attacking each other. And yeah, her quick shotting him kind of thing, just to, like open him up and slow him down a little bit. Yeah. And the, the, um, the kids teaming up and, and taking out Pierce was really good too. Yeah. That was really cool. He looked um, like he was not happy about that. Either. No, not at all. Um, but then we get to the probably worst uh, or most heartbreaking part of the movie, which is Logan's death impaled on a fucking huge log. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I think I'm, I'm not sure if that's he was lived in a logging community when he uh, <laughs> when he grew up. So it is kind of a fitting end for him, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean that that death yeah, his, scene his was... healing factor having just given up, and actually that was kind of the we didn't we didn't really talk about the fact that he had injected himself with that drug and had yeah. that, like the total berserk moment, and then it failed him really quickly. But that was, I've I have a couple like little issues with that. Like that was a little bit like Dave Sex Machina kind of esque, mm-hmm. um, that that serum and stuff like that. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a bit. It um, was just nice to see that see him like. However yeah. they got to it, it was nice to see him just like, I'm going to rage out and beat I agree. Wolverine again, even if it's just for like five minutes. Yeah, where he like jumps through the air and like supermans into the guy's chest yeah. with both fucking sets of claws. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, he, he just shredded guys. Like he shredded yeah. like four guys before he did that. I was like, that's yeah. badass. So, yeah. But yeah, that, that whole, the extended fight sequence, like the, like the death of X-24 and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. all that was so well done. And, and like, the death of X-24 like was really clearly projected, but it was still suiting. Yeah, I did find it interesting because they talked about because he's been shot in the head with an adamantium bullet in the film series too, because mm-hmm. that's how he loses his memory before X Men, right? Right, and it didn't pierce his skull. So the fact that it blew a big chunk of X twenty four skull off, I was kind of <laughs> like, that's weird, like a little weird little continuity well, hiccup. But yeah, I was true. fine. Like I was fine with it. But I, mean, I guess it has to do with like range and like what kind type of bullet it is and that sort yeah. of thing too. Or but that was how, really I, I was yeah. like it shocked me how quickly it like how I don't know it was very brutal and like just quick like just like everything else in the movie was really yeah but, like all of a sudden he's there and like next thing you know his fucking head's blowing up yeah. at the camera more or less so and it was like, it was shit. realistic for a comic book movie like I, one of the things I was glad um, was that they didn't make this movie 3D they didn't need to no it didn't need to be no. Um, they're actually talking uh, I saw something they're going to release they've done um, I guess uh, James Mangold has gone back and oh the black and white version yeah grayscaled it and then yeah. retoned it to kind of like high contrast it in that yeah. way and I'm like that I think that'll look really cool and there's some scenes where I think it might not look as cool like where they're in the city and stuff like that and like, mm. like that kind of stuff I'm not sure it'll look that great but the stuff like these fight scenes yeah, I think it's gonna look fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah and the the bits on the farm might not look as good because yeah. they were all pretty dark overall. Yeah, but we'll see. But it's gonna be, but like some of the stuff, like the forest stuff and the early stuff where they're out in the desert, mm-hmm. which I think shot in grayscale yeah. is gonna look amazing. So agreed. Like the more sort of western style kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is probably why they're doing it because this really is just like unforgiven with claws. Like, it, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, then we which now we, makes me want to watch Unforgiven again. I should. <laughs> But then we we lose Logan. Logan, 
Logan dies, which I kind of thought was going to happen going into it, but I was then... pretty I was pretty sure that was kind of the end of the road for them. Like you can't have Wolverine retire. And that's kind of the thing like yeah. a lot of the like and that was probably my biggest beef with Dark Knight Rises too is like just having him walk away from it. Like I never feel like these characters should be able to walk away from what they do. Like they're heroes, they have to die at the end. Yeah. Same with like Harry Potter and we, we talked about it in the books like he should have died. I'm glad they killed Wolverine. Yeah. So I I have mixed feelings on it. Like throughout the movie, it really felt like going into the movie I was pretty sure like okay, they're going to kill Logan, you know, it's going to be a handoff kind of thing to Laura. Um, but then throughout the movie, I kept getting this feeling like they were setting him up to basically take over Charles's role and become like this like father figure to this new generation, which there's precedent for in the comics. He yeah. was for a long time running the it wasn't the Xavier school because by then Xavier had been pretty much um what's the word I'm looking for? Like removed from continuity or no he wasn't removed from continuity but he'd been disgraced disgraced oh, okay. is what i'm looking for so he had Dis- reopened dis- up discredited and- yeah he'd been opened up a school in place and it was post uh new x-men so it was the gene gray school mm. that wolverine was the headmaster of still yeah. off doing wolverine things at the same time but he was the head the headmaster of the gene gray school yeah while also being an avenger and an x-man and probably on eight other teams but that's just wolverine in the comic books so yeah i think there's i think there's actually eight wolverine it's the only way it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's three Jokers now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, they haven't really fully explained that yet since Rebirth. That's the only time that they've mentioned it. So I have a feeling at some point Snyder and Capullo or somebody like that will go. Might be part of expand might be part of that, that more. Might be part of the crossover. right? Could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't really think like going into it, I would have been okay with them killing Logan. But the way that they set it up, I felt like it was like you know it. It, I, I would have. I thought it would have been a better ending for him to go off with them into Canada, and you know, holding Laura's hand, and like clearly, like he wasn't retiring, but he was gonna like do his best to make sure that they made it there and protect them, kind of thing, and maybe yeah. train them a bit. Um, and I mean, there's that fucking Deus Ex Machina, right? There's that fucking green serum. They probably had more of that in one of those fucking cars for X twenty four. They probably just could have gone and gotten. And given it to him, and he would have regenerated. True. I don't know. I, I I see your point, but I think like I think he needed to die. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that still would have been a fitting end, and they could have closed it there and had him never come back to the role. Agreed. With, yeah. with that being a, a fitting end, like him walking off into the wilderness with these kids. Yeah, and like they could have, and even if they wanted to do a future like new X Men, I guess. Yeah. Jesus, I don't even want to say like. Um, <laughs> New Mutants kind of movie or whatever, where they use those kids as whatever, and they don't have Hugh Jackman around, like back as Wolverine. Because yeah. I mean, it's... they they had already been talking about him having adamantium poison. Like he was dying anyway. Like they do set up the fact that he's kind of dying anyway. Like a ceiling factor is not keeping up with the adamantium poisoning anymore. They're they're really vague about that though. Like yeah, but they're really vague about like almost everything in the movie. Yeah, so, that's like, true. There's there's very little like hard science in the movie. Like you yeah. know where they're talking about like how things actually were done kind of thing with maybe the exception of how the kids were engineered. But like, you know, there's one point where like he says, like he's pretty sure that the adamantium is what's killing him slowly, but I don't know. That seemed a little well, bit too I'm, sort I'm, of convenient for me. I may be taking that from the comics. Cause that is something that has like affected him before where like, yeah. that's kind of how he dies. Or maybe that's not, that's not how he died when he died currently. It's just kind of like, uh, I mean, I maybe I'm being too nitpicky at this from like a scientific p- standpoint, but like adamantium, like strong metals are usually 
um, the kind of metals that they would use for like prosthetic implants or that sort of thing. Like if you're getting like a plate in your leg or something like that, they're going to make it like titanium, something that's really strong, something that's not very reactive and something that won't degrade over time. Obviously something that's not going to poison you. Like, I don't know why they ever, even though he's got the healing factor, I don't know why they ever would have uh, used something that they knew was going to poison him over time, especially considering they were trying to make a weapon. Well, they weren't expecting him to last that long. I don't know. I don't have a, I don't <laughs> yeah. have a good argument for you. Like, at that point, you're making more sense than I can argue at this point. I don't really have, I don't know enough about biology to yeah. know why that would happen. I also don't know enough about the fictional metal that is adamantium to know why it, was, why it being hardened would still be outputting anything yeah. into his system that would cause like, and that you're, it means ostensibly because like that makes me think like the adamantium is degrading, which yeah. adamantium doesn't shouldn't do. do. Yeah. No, should be kind of like, you know, uh, just it, it's supposed to be the hardest, the, yeah. the first or second hardest metal in the Marvel universe. Right. Like it shouldn't yeah. be against like vibranium or whatever. Yeah. That and vibranium. That's why they make cap shield out of those two metals. Cause yeah. it's an alloy of vibranium and adamantium because yeah. They're the and two strongest the, metals. Vibranium is what uh, Black Panther's claws are made of? Uh, most of his armor is made out of it, because the only deposit of it is a it's asteroid Co- that yeah. fell in Wakanda. Yeah. Wakanda, yeah. Which they're going to tell you more about in the, in in the, the coming Black year. Panther movie. In the Black Panther movie yeah. that we will probably <laughs> review also, because that's what we fucking like doing here on Dance yeah. Robot Dance. Did you have any other uh, gripes with the movie besides the one you've already ones you've already mentioned? No, like the, my biggest one was just like the Terminator esque entry of X twenty four into the movie. I was yeah. a little bit like it. It did. It reminded me of um, was it Terminator Salvation? Yeah, Salvation, where they had the CGI Arnold kind of walk in, and it's pretty stilted at first. And I was like, oh, they're doing this. Like, why are yeah. they doing this to me? I don't understand <laughs> why I have to. Why do I have to sit through this now? I don't know. Yeah, I, they, I just immediately I was like, oh, this is such a Fox X Men thing to do. Like that was my first instinct on it, and it wasn't until I kind of digested and was like oh okay yeah that makes sense because like they have to play up the fact that like his biggest problem in his life is like that rage side of him and he Mm -hmm. has to take that down right so yeah agreed and i would have liked to seen probably i would have liked to have had a little bit more exposition as to like what happened to all the other x-men i guess at that point like even if it's just like yeah they all like the actual x-men died at westchester or like and like just show their graves or whatever. Yeah, or something, something like that. Like, I want to know. I, I want to know where. Like I want to know where Gene is. If, if the, I, I, which timeline am I in? First of all, like are they all alive? Is it after Days of Futures Past? Like I kind of wanted to know. Yeah. That's my the comic book nitpicky. Like I wanted. That's the, the continuity, continuity nerds of, of us. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to know where everything kind of landed at that point. It didn't would have done nothing to help the movie. Yeah. Overall. That's the sort of thing they could have done in like a uh, like a comic book series that was like yeah. a prequel to the movie or something like that, which they which they do a lot of the time and would have been nice. Yeah, but like Fox, like Marvel's not going to do no, like they got to help Fox out to do that anymore. Yeah, like that's true. They've more or less canceled the Fantastic Four at this point too. So like, yeah, and the X Men line, like the fact that X Men Blue and X Men Gold even like got a big relaunch with number ones, like really surprised me because. Yeah. I know the relationship with Fox is better now than it has been in the past, but it, it was pretty fucking icy for a long time. Yeah. And for good reason. Like, if I were Marvel, I would want my rights back, too. You know what I mean? Like, they're, that's their character set. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know we sold them and stuff like that, but, like, come to the bargaining table. Let us take it over. Yeah. Which is what I've been we'll saying. Work forever. with you kind of thing. Do yeah. the Sony thing, right? Like, yeah. get, it, get in there. Get your goodwill back, because that's part of the problem Fox is going to have now. Like, they're not going to have this movie going forward anymore that they can always pull out any and mm-hmm. have like 
we're bringing the fucking guys you like back now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not you. We're, you're not going to get an Ian McKellen reappearing because he said he's done too. Um, Patrick Stewart's never going to show up again. Yeah. Um, Hugh Jackman's gone. Those are the no. Big Patrick three. Stewart went back on that already. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, he he went back on that pretty soon after and said like for the right story he might come back or something like. Well, the, yeah, for the right yeah. story or the right amount of money they'll yeah. all come back. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? But like, I mean, if you think if, if that's the end, they're not they're not going to very easily be able to just trot these guys out every time to re-earn the goodwill that mm-hmm. they those guys have garnered. Yeah. In their run in the series, so I think going forward, Fox is going to have a harder time selling the X-Men movies to people, especially because like now the, the mainline X-Men movies have not been great the last little while. Like I, yeah. I mean, days of futures past people really liked that movie. It I was didn't pretty good. love it. It was okay, yeah. but it wasn't spectacular. I didn't like first. I didn't love first class the way everybody loved first class. I thought mm-hmm. it was a little like, Oh, this is version 2.0 of the X-Men. Cause we really can't get the original cast back and we don't want to recast Wolverine yet. Cause yeah, We've got him doing solo movies, like that kind of stuff. They don't have that anymore. So I feel like eventually the goodwill is going to kind of wear down. I bet you the next X-Men movie, which I should probably look up the title of, is like, I want to say Xenogenesis, but like, it's... I don't remember. Um, Next X-Men film officially titled Dark Phoenix, two hours ago on CBR. Oh, well, there you go. We're breaking news now. Look at that. Nice. That... That'll be good. Or They've done this. Has the potential already. to be good. They've done the story already. That's true. They did. So I'm like, unless they, unless they're going to do it right, which I mean, it looks like they might actually be treating the Phoenix powers better than and the so, Singer movies did. I think so. Sophie Turner could do that uh, storyline pretty well. I do like Sophie Turner. So yeah. there is that. But uh, like again, that Dark Phoenix story includes characters that they don't have anymore. You know what I mean? Like the original story is in actually in large part why wolverine became as popular a character as he did because like the hellfire club set up for the dark phoenix storyline yeah he's instrumental in breaking the x-men out of that because they dump him in the sewers and he comes back up and just fucking kills everybody they get back to the x-men like yeah so now they don't have a wolverine so what are you gonna do like (laughs) put laura let laura do it i would fucking love to have laura on that team (laughs) but that means they would have to time jump her back in time at that point. And I guess yeah. they're going to have cable in Deadpool. So I guess they could do that kind of story, but yeah. like that's starting to ask people a lot in terms of like time travel continuity mix up stuff. You know well, I mean, I mean, days of future past already was really that convoluted. Was so I don't think true. it could be any more convoluted than days of future past. Was. That is true also. Um, but I mean, yeah, then they could, I mean, yeah, Hugh Jackman has said he'll never do another one of these, but he's only 48, you know, 10 years or something like that. I could certainly see him coming back and doing one for the paycheck kind of thing um, as like a real old man Logan. I guarantee you if they if if they they flop a couple movies and they do make that Marvel deal, he said he wants to be in in the Avengers like they yeah. want, he wants to be Wolverine in the Avengers. Yeah, they'll they are pick, like and you were on the episode. Where we talked throw about this. money. At him. They're spending a billion dollars to make Avengers yeah. three and four. Right. Like overall. Yeah. You can probably slice fucking Hugh Jackman fifty million dollars to get him to fucking put the claws back on again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And finally get that snark fest with Tony Stark, or like have him and Spider Man work together, like that yeah. kind of shit. That I would just cream my pants over to see <laughs> the Hugh Jackman Wolverine, or or the Hulk uh, doing a fastball special with him, or anything like that, or yeah. having the Hulk rip him in half because that's happened in the comics too. <laughs> and then have, and have him have regenerate. To... Well, no, he had to he had to crawl across a mountain and find his legs and put them back put them back on at the, in that one. That was an ultimate book, though. I think it was Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, 
rips him in half and the, the, he just pitches him one way and he has to crawl just his arms and claws kind of thing yeah. back to his legs, find his legs and let himself heal back up kind of thing. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, all right. There's just one or other two other things I want to talk about. One, I, the music was one thing we haven't really talked about at all. And for me, it wasn't like, it wasn't a big player. Like it was, no, it worked. It was, but it, wasn't. it was in service of the movie. It didn't yeah. do anything outside of it. I did like the fact that they, leaned into the Johnny Cash like for the credits like yeah. kind of stuff like that was that, perfect like, yeah when the man or the man comes around the man comes for the around, credit yeah. that that was really really good mm-hmm. um but yeah overall the music was not you know it wasn't like Guardians of the Galaxy kind of like it played into the movie really yeah. heavily or anything yeah, like yeah that. it was like Guardians yeah. or Deadpool kind of thing yeah. like they they played pretty heavy on that in Deadpool yeah. which i kind of thought it might be given the way that the that they used uh johnny cash in the trailer but i was okay with it you know just sort of being there yep agreed um all right was there anything else no i mean i think i think we pretty much talked about it do you want to give an overall rating for it and maybe your final impressions i give it like a solid a i can't give it anything i'm not gonna say it's an a plus it's not what, give me give me a out of 10 like a nine oh, out of 10 yeah uh, 9.5 okay nice and overall impressions and feelings uh i thought it's it's the best Fox X-Men movie so far. Nice. I don't think, I can't think of anyone, maybe in terms of like, it's not a pure X-Men movie. It's definitely the best Wolverine movie. And it's yeah. in the high, high, high echelons of comic book movies overall. Like I put it up there with like the dark Knight is the gold standard to me. Like that's always going to be like, this is what all of you guys should be aspiring to be. Yeah. I think it comes very close to like hitting that. I think, I think it stands shoulder to shoulder with like Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie. Nice. or guardians of the galaxy is a good example the first avengers like those really really good good movies yeah yeah agreed i mean i i'm sitting up there as well i would probably go like nine out of ten well the other thing that i had a little bit of an issue with was the villains were pretty fucking one-dimensional yeah again i don't think that like we were talking about it while we were talking like about the whole movie it's like it wasn't a plot movie and they were just there to kind of like generate some movement and then yeah. let the characters go through what the characters need to go through to tell this tell that story it's, I think. it's just unfortunate that it's yet another marvel movie with a weak sort of one-dimensional villain fox marvel movie no less like it well i mean some of some of the some of the straight marvel ones like guardians of the galaxy the villain was pretty weak as well oh no no and i'm not saying that characters. i'm not saying like the only the only like uh there's been like how many like name another comic book movie with a strong villain aside from loki or heath ledger uh, I mean, Bane was cool, but they kind of pushed him out at the end, right? I but. thought I thought Ozymandias was a good villain in Watchmen, but I feel differently about Watchmen than you did. I don't hate Watchmen the way Christian like Paul hated Watchmen. <laughs> I am more uh, ambivalent towards Watchmen, and yeah. I do still need to watch the director's cut. I've never seen the director's cut, so I and will watch that again. Like Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor in the first, uh, the first. I don't feel that's held up as well as <laughs> as. I feel like that's almost like seeing Cesar Romero is the best oh. Joker. I think he's I think he's camp hamming it up a little bit too much for yeah. my taste. Fair enough. Um, but like, yeah, like I I just like Loki and Heath Ledger's Joker. Like those are definitely like, the the examples to point to for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't I necessarily think like I didn't mind Ultron. I thought, I thought Ultron was no, pretty I thought well Ultron done. was pretty good. Um, but like in the Marvel then the Fox side of things, I mean, they had Magneto and like, they played him pretty straight in terms of like, is he, he might be right. Like something you could argue that Magneto is right, which is 
super Marvel, like a super Marvel fanboy thing to say, but like, mm-hmm. maybe Magneto was right. Like, I think I have a t-shirt that says that somewhere, actually. <laughs> um, what, in that the mutant should take over as the yeah. dominant species kind of thing? Yeah. 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 Um, no, I think I think Magneto was was pretty good in some of the the Fox movies, but I mean in, in uh, Apocalypse he was pretty fucking ineffective. Uh, McKellen over Fassbender, obviously. I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. As much as I like Fassbender, he doesn't yeah. really hold a candle to Ian McKellen. No. So he was pretty good in First Class, but in uh, in Apocalypse especially, it was pretty fucking weak. I liked him in uh, Days of Future Past. Past. Yeah. 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 I, I think he was actually probably like that was his strongest performance. Fassbender's probably. Yeah. It's it's just odd like. As much as I like those two guys, like Fassbender and McAvoy, I'm like, they haven't, to be fair, the movies have been pretty uneven, and they haven't really mm-hmm. been given a chance to kind of, like, do their thing, except for in First Class, which was a little too, I thought, I always thought First Class was too happy to try and be a James, like, a 60s James Bond movie, and mm-hmm. it kind of, that kind of sunk it for me, because that's, post-Sean Connery James Bond, like, the 60s, 70s kind of campy James Bond is not James Bond that I like, Yeah, and so a superhero movie playing into those tropes, I was like, yeah, this is not the James <laughs> Bond you guys should be trying to be like. like yeah. Be more Connery if you're going to do this. Less yeah. of this. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, the villains overall in this, like uh, Pierce and the Reavers and I liked uh, Pierce, Xander though. Rice. He was all right, but he was like, you know, you sort of your standard like mercenary. Dragon, yeah. yeah. Dragon kind of mercenary, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like Xander Rice, just sort of your like standard sort of like mad scientist uh like it was nice that they gave him the history of being the son of the scientist that put the adamantium in Logan, but that was like kind of almost a throwaway, like in the last like ten minutes of the movie kind of thing. I did well to be they, but again they did that a lot in this movie where they just kind of hinted at stuff, right? Yeah. Like they don't even they're not even sure. He's like, I think I killed your dad. He's like, I think I, you might have. I don't know. Like they, they, they never. Seen <laughs> it's it sounded pretty certain, but he just was maybe scared to say outright yeah. or something. It's entirely possible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, overall, I would say nine out of 10, I did have a couple sort of issues that would detract, but overall it was just the like brutal and really raw, emotional, gritty, uh, movie that I was looking for. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Definitely the best X-Men or a death, uh, Wolverine movie, maybe the best, one of the best, like top two or three X-Men movies. Overall, it's definitely, it's probably, I would, I, I'm hard I'd to have, say it's been a like long it. time since I've watched those original trilogy. Well, the, have first, to go back the first one there. is not. The first one's like a solid 7.5 kind of out yeah. of 10 for me. It's X2 that I would argue with is yeah. like the definitive X-Men movie. So I would put it up there against X2, I think, for yeah. me. Like, I really like X2 a lot. I feel like it's like, if you're going to try and encapsulate everything that is awesome about X-Men in a movie where you're not really going to like jump into like yellow spandex and like all the craziness that can be in the X-Men. Yeah. That's probably the best example of it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've gone almost two hours here, so yep. uh, and that's uh, about four hours of recording for us in the last two days. Yeah. So I think we'll uh, call this a night. Uh, let us know what you thought of Logan. Uh, if you had differing thoughts from us, if you loved it, you hated it, if you had the same gripes, if you had different gripes or whatever, um, since griping about things that are really good seems to be one of the things that we do here on Dance Robot Dance. We weren't as gripey as I thought we were going to be, to be honest. Usually, usually we <laughs> It was hard to very, be gripey about. Is, this is a very difficult movie to gripe about. Like, <laughs> my nitpicks are very small, so. Yeah, yeah. That's what she said? Yeah, that she has said that in the past. <laughs> Wait, so- shit. I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> So if you want to converse with us on Logan, you can do so on our Facebook page, which seems to be the way most people have been conversing with us, with, uh, with us which is which at is awesome. 
facebook.com slash dance robot dance. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. Uh, you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can download us on shout engine or the iTunes store or it's actually Apple podcast. Oh, fuck now. that. Or <laughs> Google play or wherever else you receive casts of the pod variety. So with that, thank you, Mark, for joining me this evening or this afternoon. This afternoon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, for round two of episode yeah. forty. For round two, let's hope this fucking recording actually works. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> We're all yeah. like new all new tech this time. We're using a new website. This is gonna yeah. be it's, uh, yeah. this is an experiment too. I'm glad our backups are running. So. <laughs> fingers crossed, folks. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, we get an episode tonight. So all right. <laughs> all right. Uh this is Tim signing off with a hearty snicked. Yeah, Snick is right. We'll see you next time, bitches. Have a good one, guys.